This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. everybody and welcome back to your favorite swim bait podcast scales and tails episode 32 tonight today whenever you're listening to this uh today i'm joined by another gentleman up from washington state uh, as far as i know him and brian are decently good friends they know each other and that's kind of how i met mr brent davis on social media kind of uh, followed him through brian so brian i appreciate that guy dude there's so many cool guys in the pmw who swim bait fish but we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later little bit later i'll let brent introduce himself and then we'll uh we'll get into night shenanigans i should say hey uh this is brent davis um most of you may know me as 253 caster um yeah i'm excited to be here excited to talk fishing and just grateful that anybody wants to hear it <laughs> yeah for sure man it's uh people always act super um I don't know. It people just think it's weird when I reach out to them and like, hey, like, would you want to come on the podcast? And there's a lot of guys who who have a smaller following, and they're like, uh, dude, like, I don't, I don't know what I have to offer you. And it's like, dude, I think you're you're a badass guy. Like, I want to talk to you. I want to pick your brain about this stuff. And and there's a lot of guys who are who are super humble about it, and they're like, oh no, like, let me, I'll talk to you next year. And it's like, I mean, I don't care how big your following is. I just want to talk to you because. You catch good fish, and I, I think you're uh, you're somebody cool to talk to. But in your case, like I, I hit you up, or maybe maybe you hit me up. I don't know, but I was yeah, like, I reached I out to talk you. To this I guy. reached out to you. I I had been listening for a little while, and um, I heard Brian's first episode, and um, I I thought I had a lot I could add to what he said. I don't know if we'll get there tonight or not, but um, uh, I I just really liked the conversations that you guys were having, and liked what you're doing here. Um, I think it's awesome what you're doing for the swim bait community. Um, so yeah, I'm just, just thrilled to be here and excited to talk fishing with you, man. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Um, before we get into it too heavily, uh, for me, this is episode three of the, the Bass and Buzzed. Uh, tonight, the drink of choice is uh, half and half twisted tea because I ran out of liquor and frankly, I don't need any more liquor for the next couple of weeks. So <laughs> just getting oh, that out of the way. <laughs> I don't know how you feel, man. I, I've been on a big... Uh, big tequila binge all summer oh, but i yeah I, i've had to take a step back recently so i'm just drinking some elysian space dust tonight which is an extra ipa um so i don't need too many of these dude i think i've had some of those honestly uh for my 21st my aunt and uncle got me a cooler and it was full of ipas and dude there were so many ipas in there uh, there was an absolute shit ton i drank those for a while there was a lot i didn't like but there was a couple i did like but dude i i I was IPA'd out after that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, time to switch back to liquor because I drink whiskey a lot. Uh, actually, you, my dad loves tequila. He drinks, uh, dude. He drinks so much tequila whenever he drinks. I'm like, I don't know how the hell you do that. That's like his favorite liquor. I swear. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I like margaritas, um, but I was doing a lot of shots with the salt and lime. That was fun <laughs> stuff. So, but kind of had to slow down because it was hard to get up for work at four fifteen in the morning after you've been drinking and playing up or drinking and staying up playing video games. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, yeah, like that episode I did with Brian, I drank a lot of rum, and that next morning, I felt terrible so bad uh, terrible is not even the right word i was like <laughs> fuck i have to go to work today <laughs> yeah i saw your story i saw your story yeah. that morning and i felt for you man i've been there many times <laughs> yeah but uh but switching into gears gears for the actual uh reason everybody's here probably for the for the more or less reason um how, how did you get into how'd you get into bass fishing or fishing in general and then how did you kind of transform into the swim bait guy you are today um well my journey through fishing started when i was a child as i'm sure a lot of people that listen to this have or maybe haven't but um my parents took me fishing at some of the local little ponds and lakes and we'd go catch stalker trout and it was just shooting fish in a barrel you know you'd throw your bait out there and they'd eat it they'd eat it almost immediately before it even hit the bottom a lot of times and uh you know, so I would experiment. After a while, I would start experimenting with some, like, you know, spinner rooster tails and stuff like that, and had a lot of fun doing that. Um, I actually ended up getting away from fishing for quite a few years throughout my teenage years. Did a lot of partying, a lot of knucklehead stuff, um, and then ended up, uh, I think it was 2015. Uh, well, no, 20. 11 is when I started fishing again, but I started fishing for salmon and steelhead pretty heavily. Um, anyways, I ended up getting away from that as kind of the runs kind of dwindled around here and the sport kind of became more popular. So there was more people, less fish, um, kind of just lost its appeal. And then, um, you know, I'd been seeing on some of the local pages, um, you know, guys catching these big bass with these huge lures hanging off their face or stuffed down their mouth. And I was always really intrigued by that. Um, at the time I had started, you know, uh, fishing some of the smaller lakes with my buddies, um, with just, you know, just regular conventional tackle catching small bass. And it was really something I only did during the spring. And, uh, while I was waiting for the salmon to come back, um fast forward a couple years um i ended up catching my first swim bait fish in 2015 i want to say and that was on a six inch huddleston and uh that fish went uh or i, I didn't have a scale for that fish but somebody else caught the same fish um a few weeks later and the fish went six eight so Damn. we were pretty yeah and, and funny thing about that too is my uh, I also, one of my good buddies ended up catching the same fish a couple weeks later, uh, or no, he caught it first. He caught it out there first, actually on a big square bill. Um, and this was all over like a two month span. Uh, so anyway, uh, after that fish there, I got just freaking hooked, man. And I was throwing the Huddleston everywhere. I was fishing for bass at still dabbling with salmon a lot when the salmon would come in. Um, but I want to say like 2016 that next year uh i got bit by the big bait bug as they say around here and um yeah it was it was kind of over from there uh, i started fishing the huddleston 68 a lot 
started fishing um, G2 shell cracker. That was one of my favorite baits. Um, I ended up getting a couple other little baits here and there. Um, and then I ended up getting my first hero trout and just fell in love with that thing. And uh, I want to say 2018 was the last year that I fished conventional. Um, and early on in that season, I switched to swim bait only and have been doing it since and kind of haven't looked back. I passed up on a lot of good bites. Um, it's kind of the deal, but um, you also see some really, really cool things. So there's times when you're catching them and everybody else is not. Just how there's times when everybody else is catching and you're not. Um, um, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at, where it takes us today. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Pacific Northwest is like Washington, Oregon, shit, Montana, is upper that, left, is that pretty Valley? much just the upper left corner. Okay. Is, is upper there country. a big population of swim bait guys out there? I mean, uh, relative if you're a swim bait guy on instagram and like you find one pnw swim bait guy like i've looked at your page and I, I found a whole bunch of other guys and to me that looks like a lot because like in michigan there's like i can literally count on one hand how many swim bait guys are here uh maybe not here but that are established on like universe or instagram and stuff that i, I know who they are and everything that they're they're social about it is has it grown a lot since you started or is it still stayed kind of uh i guess like quote unquote like the cool kid squad like there's only 20 30 guys in the state that do it oh absolutely it has exploded it's it's almost unbelievable how crazy it's gotten and i don't know if i'm partly to blame for that um <laughs> I, that's not a good thing i don't think it's a good thing but anyways there was a lot of guys doing it before me i noticed it was a lot of older guys but um a lot of guys did it before me and um you know i always pay respects to those guys because there was a couple um one in particular tag watson anybody around here knows who he is he's one of the best sticks in the state but he uh when i found out about him and the damage he was doing with these particular glide baits and i went and i saw i was looking on brock's website and looking at his um his gallery of of fish caught on his baits and i saw tag watson up there so many times i was like man that is insane and 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 i want to do that man like i like if it like it just it drove me to go try it not thinking necessarily i'd ever be on his level but once i started throwing the baits and i started catching a few fish on it um i think the first first glide bait fish i had uh maybe we'll get back into that um I think I might have wandered off a bit from that. What was the? Did I answer the question? <laughs> oh yeah, I just asked if it uh, if it was oh, kind yeah. of smaller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's it yeah it's really grown since I started. When I started, um, I would say I was probably the only guy that I knew of throwing swim baits on most of the lakes I fish, um, if not all of them. And the lakes I fish are, they're mostly smaller acreage lakes, mostly a couple hundred acres to a little under a thousand or right at a thousand. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I wasn't seeing anybody throwing them out there and you know, the, the, you'd get the old, Oh, what are you fishing for? Sharks, salmon, that kind of thing, which you still get now. But, uh, 
now you got you see guys out there and they're like, oh, you know, I saw one guy out there or this group of this boat full of kids was passing me the other day and I'm throwing a 10-inch hero and they say, oh, is that a TK? And <laughs> not really. I, laughed, sorry, I said, <laughs> I said, no, it's not a TK. Um, but uh, anyways, but so now in just a couple years span, um, you know, I'm I'm seeing guys out there throwing them. I'm finding baits broken off, and um, you know, I found a S waiver at the bottom of one of the lakes I fish. Um, last year, the dude ended up. He was somebody who drove like two and a half hours to one of the lakes I fish, which I think is insane Damn. because our lake, our our state has so many fisheries um, within a stone's throw of anybody, pretty much. Um, right. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, and I've I've just kind of seen it explode, and I, I actually I really like it because there's some really cool people I've met out of it, and the, the community itself is growing. Um, the thing I don't like about it, obviously, is the fact that the fish are getting really conditioned or really educated, I should say. And you know, I know I've had a big uh, a big impact on that um, on my my particular fisheries. Um, but like I said, it's just cool to see it grow and cool to see more people get into it. I just uh, would I, I I try to educate people on you know some of the really big no nos not to do, so they try uh, or so they don't educate the fish. Um, they don't educate the fish, you know, in wrong ways. I guess you could say or educate the fish at all. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, it's 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 really blown up and it's pretty cool, man. I've met a lot of really cool people. Would you say you know? like know of or friends with a lot of the guys who fish swim baits in your area or has it gotten so big that you're at the boat ramp and and you see a guy unloading like an 806 dobbins uh champ out of his rod you're like who the hell is this guy like i don't know who this guy is um i really like what brian said when he said uh you know the bass fishing community in washington is is kind of especially like the diehard guys, it's such a niche thing because you have so much other fishing opportunity that the guys that like to do it, they're really crazy about it. Um, so with that being said, yeah, a lot of the guys I see, there's a lot of people I see that I don't know, but um, a lot of the diehard guys I at least know about in some way because it's, it. Um, though there's quite a few of us, it's not, it's not like California big yet. Um, it's not, it's not crazy big, but there's, there's quite a few people that do it and you can bet that um, almost any lake on the west side or east side of the mountains, um, which is how our state is divided, pretty much has a mountain range that goes right down the middle um, and kind of completely different climates on both sides. So uh, there's there's kind of different fishing on both sides. But uh, um, it's, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity and it's, it's, it's ripe for the picking, but yeah. Damn, that's... It's crazy, like you said, you guys have those steelhead and trout. You guys have you guys have sea fishing, like uh, obviously ocean fishing, and it's weird to hear bass fishing, like bass fishing as a whole, kind of like I guess hardcore bass fishing as a whole, kind of to be a niche thing because it does not seem like that right now. It seems like everybody you talk to, everybody you see on Instagram, uh, is holding a bass, but there's something to be said about it being hardcore or it, it you just going out there with, with a worm and a bobber or uh, like a crankbait with, with a snap swivel and catching, catching a bass and posting it and, and saying that you're, you're fishing for bass and stuff. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Um, it's, there's a very,
pretty big tournament community here, or I would say at least a decent sized tournament community. Um, so the in general, the bass fishing community is is pretty big, and there's a lot of salmon guys that will you know they'll fish bass during the spring and whatnot because they either don't want to drive the several hours to the one one or two rivers that are actually having the run at that time, or uh, you know they just actually like doing it, but um in general it, it is pretty popular but like i said the the more uh, dedicated guys it's it's kind of a tighter click and you kind of seem to know uh uh we all kind of know certain yeah we all kind of know names and and faces and such but yeah yeah so going off that what is the fishing like uh in washington you said how you described how there's kind of a, a lake a stone's throw away is there a lake that a lot of you guys who know each other kind of all target, whether that be because um, you guys know that the fishing is good or everybody knows how the fishing sets up there, or is it kind of a free-for-all and you guys kind of bump into each other every once in a while? Uh, there is a couple lakes like that um, that we all kind of know about and fish, or at least most of us do. Um, but uh, it's at least for me, for the most part, uh, the lakes that I'm fishing, it, it's really seasonal. Certain lakes that I'm, I'm only going to hit really early in the year. There's certain lakes that I'll spend on, you know, all winter because for the most part we have open water. Um, it gets damn cold, but we have pretty much have open water where I'm at, uh, all winter. Um, uh, so yeah, seasonally I like to rotate through different lakes. Some people have lakes that they like to kind of just fish at all year round, but, um, I've fished so many of these lakes around here. I fished, I fished a good amount of them, and I know, I know enough bites and where the fish are at at certain times of year that I, I kind of uh, select lakes based on that, based on past, you know, like we all do. We pattern them out uh, by the season, and we we try to go back there and catch them again the next season. Um, yeah, and. Although it doesn't really work out like that every every season, um, I'm I'm sure you have have you experienced this like uh, from what I've listened to in your podcast. It sounds like um, you know when you figure something out on like the river because it sounds like you fish rivers a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, it's, it's what I've had to resort to is river fishing. Don't don't necessarily like it, but that's what I'm given, so that's what I do. <laughs> well, from what I hear, they they pull extremely hard in the river because they're they have to, yeah fight that current all day so they're, yeah they're a little bit stronger so um i would uh i would like to try we actually have a really good river in this state uh to fish smallmouth in and there's some good largemouth fishing in it as well um that i'd like to get out on it's a bigger river so you need a bigger boat but um yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah this is it's called a river but i mean uh it sounds like <sighs> I don't know, dude, like we have river is such a loose, loose term because this spot here, I can walk all the way across. It's probably, I can throw a baseball across it. It's not too far, maybe 50 yards. And then relative to up at home, which uh, it's the Manistee river, which is a huge river runs through Lake Michigan, runs through almost half the state. That's where the, uh, the old world record brown trout was caught out of. And that's like when I when somebody says river, that's what I picture because that's what I grew up on. And then coming down here and them saying, "Oh yeah, this is the X Y Z river," I'm like, "Are you serious? Like this? It, obviously, it's not a creek. It's bigger than a creek, but it's like 
damn, like they need to have they need to have a description word for river because this is, is it, not what I picked it. Kind of like frog water, or is it? Does it have good current to it, or? Uh, well, no, it really. I mean, dude, the current. The only reason I have current where I fish is because I fish right under the dam spillway, whatever you want to call it. But mm. I mean, you go down. 600 yards and you can motor upstream with a trolling motor and not kill your battery like roach your battery throughout a day like i don't know it's it's a super weird little spot um it's it, it holds fish though i can't complain like it's it's been a great introduction to river fishing for bass like i said up at home it's a lot of trout fishing in the rivers and stuff and you catch the occasional pike and and uh smallmouth walleye largemouth like fish and spinner baits and stuff but I've really kind of, it's really kind of made me into a river rat living down here and learning current breaks, learning, learning how to read water, which is, I think really stepped up my game as far as uh, like casting, like wasting casts and stuff while I'm out fishing. Right. Right. So, so where I was going with that is, so are they pretty predictable as far as like uh, year by year going back there and kind of finding certain patterns and um, certain cool little bites? So, like, living up at home where I started swim bait fishing and I did majority of my swim bait fishing, yeah. Like, those fish, not necessarily patterned to the date, but you can, if you watch the weather, pat, weather patterns, and uh, so anybody who doesn't know, Lake Michigan flips, and pretty much, I mean, all lakes flip if you live in a colder climate. That just means that the water on bottom over, yeah. flips over, yeah, flips over to the top, the warm water goes on the bottom, cold water goes on the top, and... When that water flips, which is January, February, March, April, May, beginning of May-ish usually, which is right around the time they kind of start thinking about pre-spawn. It's really not even pre-spawn yet. That's when you could go out to the Lake Michigan Pier Heads and you could fish a you could fish a trout glide and you could fish that thing until your arm falls off, dude. And you could get a fish every five casts. Like you'd get wow. a follower every time, but you'll have one bite. You'll have one bite like one out of five to one out of 10 casts. And that's kind of, I've talked about it before. That's kind of what made me lose interest in fishing because this spot was just so low to the fish. And I know, I know it sounds, it's like it, I don't know if it's cocky or arrogant to say, but I just got really uh, like place it. I don't even know if that's the right word, but like, I just got so used to it. Like I'd go out and I'd catch four fish and I knew I could do it. And it, there was never, a challenge like those fish were always locked in right there they always it was so predictable and like yeah moving down here into the river and getting my ass kicked for the first couple weeks it's like okay like this is it's fun when there's a challenge when it's just constant fish like when you go out with a drop shot and you catch a hundred fish that are under two pounds every day for the last three months you get complacent and you get bored with it and that is exactly what it what happened there and I mean, it, it kind of not necessarily ruined it for me, but it was just like, this is just clockwork. Like I, I leave work and I know that I could fish for four hours and I'll catch six fish and I'll shake off three more. Like, I don't know. I looking back on it. I'm like, I'm so stupid. I wish I didn't take that for granted. But like I said, at the time, that's all I knew. And that's what I got used to. And it, it just took, took the wind out of my sails because I got complacent with it. And, and I knew it was going to be, it was going to be an every trip type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's kind of why the reason I, I asked that is because, you know, something I've experienced the last year or two in particular is certain lakes, some of my go-to lakes, 
certain patterns that I had dialed in just aren't seeming to produce as well. And I know it's got a lot to do with the pressure that I'm putting on these fish, but you know, there's, there's, there's more outside pressure as well, but I, I can guarantee it was a lot, lot to do with me. So one thing I've been doing these last two years is trying to kind of go outside the box of baits that I, I would rather use and try to use other baits and catch them on, you know, instead of a glide bait, maybe go with a crank down or even try a soft bait, which is something I don't fish very often um, in the, the summer months in particular. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of curious to know that, um, you know, like I said, once again, um, I'm fishing a lot of smaller acreage lakes, a couple hundred acres mostly. Um, so the population of fish can't be that big. So it, it just would make sense that I'm kind of educating them. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm finding them in different ways. Like this year, um, this year I'm, I'm fishing less obvious spots and, um, trying to hit at, hit them at, uh, less, uh, what should I say? Uh, less ideal times. And just kind of mixing yeah. it up and seeing what's happening. I mean, because um, my first year or two throwing swim baits, I guess I, I could say that uh, was a lot of just just blind casting, just casting anywhere, casting it at everything, whatever bait I was throwing. And you learn a lot from that, but um, you also educate the fish once again. But um, um, now I'm to the point where I can kind of calculate my cast a little bit more and calculate a game plan um and try to go execute based off seasonal patterns or whatever and adjust from there um yeah so is that something that 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 you can kind of relate to yeah so when i first started my first uh, i had a gantrell and it was a lot of blind casting didn't really learn much with that and then i got a hater and it was still a lot of blind casting but that bait really broke it down for me like i learned how to fish a crank down i learned how to how to work this bait with real pop or not real pops with rod pops and the occasional reel in the slack and stuff and there's a very special way you can fish a hater uh, and it's it just got this little body roll shimmy and it just it just works it so slow and i caught a lot a lot of big 19 18 inch blimp uh largemouth doing that and th- after i did that i I got confidence in swim baits and that's when I, I upgraded to, to like the taxi trout and stuff like that. And that's when I, I started fishing the pier heads. Cause before I was fishing, uh, the same lake, it wasn't Lake Michigan. It was a lake connected to Lake Michigan, but it was a Marina. And I don't know if people just didn't fish here or, uh, obviously fish when they first see swim baits are super intrigued by, it. I don't know what it was like beginner's luck or something, but I caught so many fish doing that. It wasn't as, uh, like clockwork is I was describing the pier fishing, but it was, it was yeah. pretty good. Like I could go out there and I could catch a fish, maybe not necessarily know why I caught that fish, but I know I could go out there and catch one. And it was never, never anything uh, like you have mentioned it. And some guys I've talked to like from mass have mentioned kind of educating these fish with, with baits. And that honestly, I never thought about that until like the springtime. Uh, like those fish on Lake Michigan, I don't know if they're just dumber than a box of rocks and stupid hungry, or that that pierhead kind of works as a highway for these fish to go out in the big water and eat alewives and chase smell and eat trout 
trout fingerling right. and stuff. And then they can push into the lake and and go go sit by bluegill beds and ambush bluegills and stuff. I don't know if the, it was just a constant way of these fish getting in and out, but I just it's hard for me to think about it because I'd never experienced that. Like here at the river, I can kind of kind of understand where it's coming from. Like you can only cast the S waiver one sixty eight so many times in a smallmouth before it's like, huh. That's like the sixth time that thing's rolled past me in the last like four minutes. Like, I don't know if I'm going to eat that today. I'm and... glad you mentioned that. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, but there's something no, I no, you're good, man. Go ahead. Um, so some people might have different opinions on this, but just speaking from my own past experiences and past failures and, you know, this, this, the little bit of success that you guys might see, um, Casting back at a fish after I've failed or the fish has followed it in but not eaten um, or missed the bait even, most of the time isn't going to result in me catching that fish. Most of the time what works better for me is pulling that bait away from the fish as quick as I can and getting the hell out of there and then coming back when the fish is reset or when the fish, you know, calm down a little bit or whatever. Um I've had a lot more success doing that and I can hardly think of any time I've just kind of flipped the bait back in there and had the fish spin around and eat it. Um, although I'm sure it has happened, especially with smaller fish, but especially with bigger fish, that's not something I typically have work out too well for me. So whenever I have buddies on the boat and I'm trying to show them how I do it, I try to tell them, you know, when you, when that fish blows its shot or if it, if it follows in slowly and, um, you know, after doing this, doing it for so long, especially with glide bait fishing, you can kind of read behavior of these fish and it, it becomes really important because you figure out the behavior of a fish that's never going to eat in the first place. And if, if that's the case, then you want to get your bait away from it so you don't ruin your, fir- your future chances. So, um, like I said, most of the time what I like to do is I'll come back, um, you know, I'll try to give it as much time as I can or come back when the conditions are different, um, uh, a little more ideal or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I try and I still do it sometimes cast back at a fish, but it, it doesn't usually result in success for me with that fish eating. Right. It's, uh, I had that happen the other day. I went home and I was, I was fishing that marina that I'd catch all those crank down fish with. And uh, Kyle from Throwback was nice enough to send me a bait, leash at, and I casted it up under this boat lift. And I had literally the biggest bass I've ever seen chase this bait out, fucking nose, nose to the grindstone, ready to eat this thing. And I was like, oh Not my gosh. It. Yeah. I cast it in there probably 10, 12 more times and the fish would follow it out. It was keen on it, but it never wanted to commit. And I was like, damn, that's mm-hmm. weird. So I walked out to the edge of the dock, blew a cast out there, or uh, where I know it's kind of notorious for, for fish to sit up at that are off, not offshore, but not on the dock structure. And uh, I turned my GoPro off. I was texting my girlfriend back, texting my mom, letting them know that I'd be home soon. And I look up, dude, and I, I see this fish pick up like, this bait in its mouth, fucking lined running across the water. And I'm like, what Jesus, the fuck? And it, it's, it's running back towards me to sit back onto this boat lift. It's the same fish that I had been fucking <laughs> with. Dude, I, I have an H, I have a HGK Corrado. I, I reel into this thing. 
I, I, white, I, I, I lean into it, sweep into it, whatever you want to say. And I'm, I'm dicking with my GoPro trying to get it to record. It's not recording. It's just taking still pictures. I'm like, just screw this. So I start fighting the fish and it wraps me up on a boat, uh, a boat pole. And here, I don't know if you guys have them, but we have zebra mussels, which are super invasive, super sharp. Nope, not, I don't think we have, if we do, I think it's like one or two lakes, but I don't, yeah, yeah it's not, not, some, not a thing here. Oh, dude, it, they're terrible. And Thanks so, it, it, yeah, it hooks me up on this boat post and he ended up wrapping around it twice and I, my line snapped. I mean, there was literally nothing Jesus, I could do that to be my ass. And I had that bait for like, 16 hours I, I texted kyle i'm like hey man the bait works really well like i had five fish follow i had one miss hooks and i just i just lost one i was like unfortunately that the fish just took my fucking bait too and uh i was like oh he's he's probably not gonna he he's not gonna believe me he's gonna think i fucking casted the bait off luckily those pictures i took you could see the picture of my rod doubled over and i said <laughs> when i sent it i sent him a video of the fish uh following my bait out and I walked under, I walked on the dock and I, I saw the fish underneath the, uh, the boat lift. So I recorded it on my phone and I was like, dude, like, here's, here's the proof. This is the only proof I have. You can believe me if you want to, but that fish whooped my ass seven different ways to Sunday. Oh yeah. And there was nothing I could have done. Like I could have been fishing 65 pound braid and I may have gotten lucky and, and pulled it off, but I, I think just whooped my ass. I couldn't have done anything different. I don't think, unfortunately. Dude, people underestimate the power of a big, young northern strain largemouth. Yeah, they yeah. will whoop your ass. And when you you get these fish here in Washington that are you know nineteen inches and five and a half pounds, you know, or you know my PB, which we'll get into later, I'm sure, uh, twenty two and a half inches, nine point three pounds. Um, you know, those fish are putting on serious weight. Um, and the freakishly big ones I noticed don't fight quite as good because they're just kind of like obese. But man, a big young six pounder will tear you a new one. Yeah, uh, it, I'm glad you guys have northern strain like we do. Like the fish are short and round, dude. Like literally, it's like a fucking blimp. It's like the uh, fuck. What tire brand? Uh, the Michelin Man blimp or whatever it yeah. is that are at all the college football games. That's what these fish are shaped like. I remember oh, sending a picture 100%. to Vic. I sent a picture to Vic of one of the first ones I caught. It was like, it was 19 inches and like five and a quarter pounds or something. And he's like, holy shit, dude. Like that fish would have to be like 22 inches to be five pounds here. I'm like, no, dude. Like these fish, it's it's a literal football build. Like people yeah. throw on the term football, but that's what these northern strain are. And I'm glad you guys have fish yeah. like that too, dude. And some lakes they're like that year round, dude. We've caught them in in December, January, stuffed like that to the just to the gills. And uh, I don't know who I was talking about it with, if it was my buddy Frank or not. He's a hammer you should have on here too. Um, but he. I think he's the one who said it to me. He said, yeah, it's because, you know, they, they're, they're still gorging, but they can't digest as fast during the winter. And I was like, oh, oh shit, yeah, that, that metabolism point. slowed down. Yeah, but, you know, you still got lakes where there's spots where they don't go very far to eat and they've, you know, they can't help themselves when a big meal comes by. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing, man. And it's, they're a very underrated fish, you know, the northern strain largemouth. They're, they're, yeah. they're awesome. And, you know, we're, we're in a really special place here in Washington, um, being that 
you've got some mild mild enough weather to where these fish can eat and grow year round so we do have we do have a a fair population of double digit fish in this state doesn't make them easy to catch of course um there's a few people that do and they're really great fishermen um and you know hopefully i i can get that too one day but you know until then i'm gonna keep trying but um i had i think it was 2018 i had gotten my buddy into fishing swim baits the year before and he's an older buddy of mine who's a uh he mentored me on a lot of fundamentals of bass fishing and got me out on onto some cool lakes and showed me some things so when I got into swim bait fishing, he was really interested in it, and I I showed him a few things, and I encouraged him to pick up a few baits and rods and whatnot. He ended up catching an 11-plus, 11-pound 11 11 uh, northern strain largemouth, and I was so happy for him because he's an, old, he's an older cat, but he's been fishing bass pretty much his whole life. Uh, you know, he was part of the tournament scene around here in, the, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and he'd been hunting for that fish all his life. And, you know, he finally got that fish. And it was so freaking awesome to see him catch that fish. Uh, then I, my one of my best buddies, Keith, uh, he ended up lucking into one of those. I say lucking into it because uh, we were out there. Uh, and I was actually in an argument with somebody who was fishing with that older buddy of mine. Um, and my buddy Keith's back there on his own little boat. And... Uh, I hear, oh, God, and I turn around, and Keith's got this massive fucking bass on. He was just sitting back there casting into no man's land, open water, while we were sitting there <laughs> hashing some shit out. And uh, he ends up getting it in the boat, and I'm like, damn, Keith just caught a seven-pounder because I had never seen a double digit in person. Fucking right. puts it on the scale, and I think it was 10.06. And this largemouth was was just pristine, blemish-free, didn't look like she'd been touched a day in her life by humans um uh so yeah that that really awakened me because i you know i knew they were there and from then on you know it's just been kind of consuming me dude like gotta get that double digit bass and then maybe i'll get into hunting gotta get that double digit bass and maybe i'll you know get back into salmon fishing but um, there's one thing i kind of want to backpedal and and try to touch on how you talked about those fish in the winter time where you guys have it mild enough, those fish gorge. Yeah. And I think, I think their metabolism slows down. They don't move as much. And I, I'm a very big proponent to a fish can be full. Like, like, like literally you just said, they can be gorging themselves, but if there's a, a 12 inch trout that swims by and, and it's swimming fucked up or it's swimming by super slow, you know, just looking like an absolute snack, yep. those bass, I am a We're firm believer. Yeah, dude, if they don't have if they have to swim three feet and eat that, try to eat that fish relative to, to swimming 30 yards to try to chase a bluegill down, like I just I don't see how people people say that a bass won't eat if it doesn't want to. Like if you per, if I, I, this is a hill well, I'll die on. That being said, I mean, the, I will say, you know, because it does get so when I say mild enough that they'll eat, um, you know, we still get, we do have years where we get ice on most of these lakes and, um, we pretty much on average, the lakes will get to high thirties, um, January, 
January, end of January, they'll kind of slowly start creeping back up. But high 30s, low 40s, if you're lucky, is what you're fishing in the winter around here. So it is extremely difficult to get these fish to eat. And you can be hitting them in the head sometimes, and they're just not going to eat. And I know that because I talked to guys who have the electronics that fish these spots too. But um, that being said, some of the some of the biggest fish we've caught during winter have been um, going against, you know, completely against what most people would say, you know, for a HUD in that kind of situation, you know, creeping it on the bottom, nice and slow, whatever, as slow as you can turn it. No, a lot of our bites are happening mid column and like 15 feet of water. And these fish are flying up off the bottom and eating them. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's not like it happens weird. all winter long. You know, I'm lucky if I catch two or three fish a winter, uh, good fish, that is, you know, a couple of things. I'm not, I don't really count those, but, uh, yeah, so um, it's very hard, but the thing is, is we can still go out there and do it. So we do still go out there and do it, and yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I don't know, dude. Fish are super weird. I've caught a lot of bass ice fishing. Obviously, here it gets it gets cold enough to to have a foot foot and a half of ice. Yeah, here. I want to try that, but it's a lot of once. fun. But it's <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I'd not say like after after two or three trips it's like okay this is cool um it can melt now like i yeah it's uh, i can imagine fish i don't care i mean i'm i'm going crazy and i'm able to fish you know and uh that time of year like it's just i'm ready for those fish to start getting into more predictable spots and or at least predictable for me and for the kind of baits that i want to fish for them you know i'm um most of the time um most of the time I'm trying to fish the baits that I want to fish and catch them how I want to catch them. And a lot of times that means missing out on bites. So, um, yeah, exactly. We'll kind of, we'll, we'll kind of take this and, and transition into what, how does the fishing set up in Washington in the early spring? Kind of that, uh, like here it's 49 degrees and you can go out and catch them on a TK dead oh walk. Gosh, and like, it's dude. nobody's uh, business. How does it set I, up? When does it set up for you guys out there? So go time for me is, uh, like end of January. Like that's when we're starting to really hit the lakes, like the, the, the early lakes. And we're trying to see, um, we're trying to look and, you know, if you, if you have a more milder weather pattern, you know, try to look for pad stems coming up on certain areas. Cause a lot of the, a lot of the bites we get on early are around pad stems on, you know, on ends of big flats, stuff like that, or at least for me. Um, so it, also I will say that, you know, the state's very big. And like I said, it's divided and by the mountain range and on, on the east side of the state, it's a completely different climate. They're still ice fishing at this time. Uh, they do get ice. Uh, they have a lot hotter, hotter weather during the summer, but they get much colder weather during the winter. So they're still ice fishing and um but over here on the in the more milder areas, um you're I yeah, like I said, uh late January, early February, and I'm watching for either low pressure systems, which I, I do year round. I'm a big weather watcher, uh barometric okay. pressure. If I see that thing dropping uh, like a rock, I'm trying to get to the lake. I'm trying to drop everything and uh, get to the lake. What's uh, sorry to cut you off. What's oh, a yeah. 
what do you consider drop? Like when it drops below 30 and it's kind of like sitting at that 29 mark because I mean, I look sometimes and, and when I see it under 30, that's when guys say it's, it's dropping and it's going to be good. I haven't been able to relate that. I've only been doing it for the last couple of weeks. I haven't been able to rate, relate that directly to fish acting different. So what's kind of your go-to for, for the quote unquote dropping barometric pressure as far as your, your terms go. So um this time of year uh where where i live at the weather pattern it gets it gets pretty hot you know we're in 80s and you know on the hotter days 90s um and on those days you know it's 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 usually going to be high pressure and then you get days where some cloud cover comes in the pressure goes up and down a little bit i'm not really focusing on those days or focusing on the pressure those days i'm talking about when you know weather's coming in uh, when you look at your your forecast and you see, you know, oh, it's going to start raining and and whatever, and you, the cloud cover moves in, and you, you've actually got weather coming in, uh, the weather change. Those are the barometric pressure changes that I'm focusing on because they're usually a little bit more more drastic, and I'm really focused on the the big weather events, um, mainly wind and rain. Um, honestly, I haven't uh, haven't found wind too much that I haven't liked, like. I'll go out there and wind as much as my little boats can handle. Um, and the fish are just fucking chewing, dude. It's insane. They're very predictable for me at those times. And I can pretty much catch them on, on almost anything I want to catch them on. Uh, it's just a matter of getting out there and, and being safe. Uh, so, yeah. <clears throat> so to circle back, I watch, you know, I'm watching for the weather and I'm watching for that weather, that weather system to come in or that weather change to happen. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, when you're getting into the, the lower 20, I think it's 29.3 or something like that is like the lowest it can go. I could be wrong on that. Somebody's going to probably correct me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the lower, the better for me. And when I see that bitch bottom out, that's when my that's when I'm swooning if I'm not already on the water. Um, so I use apps and 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 ways to track the trends and that kind of gives you a graph and shows lines and um and you know when i see it on a sharp decline which is usually associated with that weather like i said that's when i'm trying to be on the lake okay yeah that makes a lot of sense so kind of circle back around to to the early spring bite that's before i cut you off but barometric pressure is something that and moon phase is something i'm super interested yep. with because it's nothing i've never um not necessarily cared for. I've never put in a lot of time and paid attention to, but I'm sure I'm sure you'll probably touch on moon phase a little bit more when you get towards the summer bite. So, so uh, you can get get back on track with the, with the spring yeah. bite you um, were so, describing. Uh, yeah, like I said, as soon as that water starts coming up at back into the 40s or creeping back towards mid 40s, that's when I'm on the hunt and I'm I'm roaming those flats where the emerging pads are going to start trying to poke up um roman those um uh, main lake points second lake points which you know on a lot of these little lakes if they even have any there's going to be one maybe two um <laughs> and then you know when when i get a good warming trend that's kind of when i go and i start looking up around docks and stuff because those fish uh you get a good warming trend or even a day or two of sunlight and on some lakes on some special areas you know these fish in the middle of winter will push up. So, um, uh, warming trend gets me up looking shallow around docks. And then 
um, if the lake has docks. I actually prefer lakes that don't have docks. Dock fishing can kind of get boring for me, and um, it just, uh, I don't know. It, it, I would much <laughs> rather fish. I would much rather fish somewhere that's either, uh, either uninhabited or somewhere that has a lot to offer and you don't just have to fish docks but there's a lot of smaller lakes around here that that are are just mainly dock lakes and while they are good i i i tend to just fish them early in the season because later in the summer especially like this time of year um a lot of people are out on their docks they put those big stupid blow up things and they're paddling around the lake and so i fish those lakes at night (laughs) yeah right i mean i can't blame it's it's uh it's the same exact thing here people people like their docks and and they go use them all the time and it kind of not necessarily prohibits but it definitely throws a wrench in the plans uh, of going and fishing skipping docks and stuff yeah yeah some people don't like it but did you want me to cover baits yeah i mean if if you want to talk about uh talk about what baits you use throughout the year and stuff and then then we can go into to well, I just, before like... I move on from spring, I wanted to just say, yeah, that, yeah. that is my most, the time I lean most heavily on soft baits. And a lot of that's because I'm throwing them either up in stuff. I can't get hard baits to, or, um, you know, fishing them a lot deeper. So, uh, spring I'm throwing a lot of huds, eight inch huds. Um, sometimes the 68 on some small E on some mixed lakes where there's small mouth. Um, cause they can just get that down easier. Um, and I'm always fishing glide baits all year, but the bite picks up for me right around that, that mid forties too. So I start leaning more on glide baits as the water gets to the upper forties. And especially once you can start seeing those fish up shallow. Um, and then, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't usually break the wake baits out, wake baits out until, um, later on in the spring. So. Okay. Are you going balls to the wall, 40 degree temperature with the 10 inch hero trout, or are you kind of, uh, I will try it in certain areas, but, um, you know, it's very situational. Like, you know, most of the time I'm most cases, I'm not going to find a fish up shallow enough where I want to fish that glide. I'm not huge on sinking my 200 plus dollar baits (laughs) yet. So, um, while I have started experimenting with that, that's another story, but, um, it's uh, not something I typically like to do. So um, usually if I'm going to fish a glide bait, like during the winter, I'm going to fish it in on those flats and on around, around the cover that I think those fish might be pulling up to in a late afternoon or on a warm, warm day or, or, you know, when you got weather coming through. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Something to kind of hold the heat. So in yeah. those, in those winter days, are you, are you working these glide baits kind of slow, straight retrieve? Are you giving them real chops kind of yeah, walk so, us through how you're doing that? So I'll just lay out kind of how I fish it seasonally real quick because it shouldn't take yeah, long. So um, it's real simple. I've got I've got Brock's soft tails and then I have his hard tails. And the hard tails, um, the older versions that I have that have been long discontinued, they have a really they've got a really good quick act like quick fishing them they fish really well quick and they've got a pretty erratic action and you can snap and slash and pop them and and they 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 don't blow out they do they do cool you know they they can fish like that well so um that is my absolute favorite bait to go to but i typically reserve that bait for the warmer seasons 
um, the cold parts of the year, i.e. winter um, or spring or late fall, whatever, I'm typically going back and exclusively fishing my slower sinking 10 inch baits. Um, soft tails, because the soft tails have more of a wide uh, action, they, have, they require less line pickup for them to, to make a glide. So yeah. they're, they're, they're an overall more touchy bait. So I, I definitely use those uh, in seasons and situations when the fish aren't fired up and ready to just come out and, and um, either, you know, pounce on that bait or, or get triggered or whatever. Um, so uh, soft tail during the cold seasons, hard tail during the warmer months. Um, and the soft tails, I'm going to be fishing those most of the time. I'll cast that out there. I'm always trying to get as much distance between me and the target as I can, me and the cover or me and the area that I'm thinking the fish is going to be. And then I'm doing slow retrieve with just a one, two to make that bait dart out. And a lot of times the fish hits on that, on that second glide or the first glide when that bait kicks out. And I fish that, I fish that same retrieve all the way through spring until the fish start to spawn. <clears throat> when the fish start to spawn, it gets really tough for me around here with glide baits the uh, or swim baits in general, to be honest. Um, I hate it. I hate the spawn. I wish we could skip past it every year because I don't bed fish. And, and the bite, like I said, it's cheeks or at least, or I'm cheeks, one of the two, probably the <laughs> latter. But uh, so <clears throat> once the fish get more fired up, and you get some more active fish, I'll tend to start throwing that hard tail more so I can rip it around and and try to get that reaction that way when the fish are, are flying up on baits a lot more. Um, that being said, I still dabble with the soft tail, um, especially my slower sinking ones that time of year, my 8.5s, because they a lot of, I have a couple that suspend, and sometimes that suspending bait... Um, is all they're going to eat, at least uh, the lakes I'm fishing. So, um, yeah, and then into the summer months, exclusively pretty much fishing that hardtail. I have a an OG 10-inch bait I got from Manny Chi, that uh, one of Brock's OG 10-inch baits, and it's a soft tail, but it's got the, the profile of the bait's a lot slimmer, which I think allows it to kind of cut through the water better, and I can fish yeah. it more erratically. And I've been fishing that guy more through this summer, only because I didn't have it last summer. Um, it, he had it for repairs last summer. But anyways, uh, so faster and more erratic during the summer and slower with, uh, you know, with reel pops or, or rod twitches around key cover during, uh, during the colder months. Um, but just to get into a little bit more detail on my retrieve during the summer, um, Pretty much my favorite ways to fish it are going to be, I'll throw it out there, um, first couple casts of the day. You know, I like to start out with a glide bait most of the time because I feel like um, these certain spots that I know have fish on them, if I see them and they react well to the bait, you know, I know it's probably going to be a good day, especially if they're just freaking pouncing on that thing on a straight retrieve. At that point, I know yeah. I can probably catch them on just about any bait, but um, I still tend to lean on the glide bait pretty heavily um anyways um yeah i'll go out there and, and my retrieve i like to start with just kind of get a mood as i'll throw it out there and fish it kind of kind of medium fast pace and then 
you know, five or six cranks and then bam, 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 a couple fast reel turns to get that bait really, really turn fast and then glide off. And then um, one thing I learned last year is um, on one lake in particular, I think they're a little more trout oriented or at least top feeding oriented. I'll be fishing these glide baits like that. And when I'm fishing them fast and that bait comes up and breaks the surface, the fish just come unglued, man. They, they just blast it. So, uh, yeah. So this year I've been having a lot of fun with that. I'm so glad you, you mentioned fishing it super fast and in the baits kind of nosing up and breaking the surface because that is exactly how I fish on the piers at home. Yeah. And my good buddy, my good buddy, Phil was like, uh, he, he was fishing it slow, like a uh, taxi trout was fishing it super slow. Like he would in Virginia on the Shenandoah for muskie and bass. I'm like, dude, you're doing it all wrong. You need to, you, these fish cannot think about what the fuck they're doing. Like they have to come up and just instinctively pounce on that yeah. thing. And he's like, you're so full of shit. And three days he didn't catch shit. I had a bunch of fish shake off. I caught a couple. And then uh, his last day, he watched me catch one, right? Like same exact cast he made, but I was working it the way like you just described it. And literally three minutes later, after working his bait like that, boom, he catches a fish. He's like, holy shit, I've never seen a fish like go after a bait that that looks like it's swimming so terribly. I'm like, that's the thing. It looks like it literally looks like a trout just losing their mind. It looks ridiculous sometimes. Oh, terrible. Sometimes, dude. And I don't know how it works, but they, one thing that Brock told me um, back when I first started messaging Brock after I, I bought the first bait. Well, it was sometime after that I had gotten another bait from him, but and we were talking about because I told him that it was doing something, I, I I was doing something when I was fishing it fast, and I was like, hey, what's up with that? And he's like, oh, you know, uh, he said, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be worked a little bit slower, but he said, uh, he said, don't shy away from unnatural looks. He says sometimes he says uh, he says sometimes that's what triggers the fish. And I've a hundred percent watched that played out. There's been times where I've I've worked the bait. I, there's been I almost can't work the bait too fast, and they're just they're coming up and hitting it so hard that a lot of times they're not getting hooked very well. So your hookup or your your hook to landing ratio isn't going to be very great in a lot of those situations. But um, I get a lot of a lot of bites doing it, um, especially on the right days. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many fish I get where they come up and. <laughs> And they're hooked outside of the mouth because they just came up and blasted yeah. the bait out of the water. And, and yeah, it's amazing. Dude, you're, the, you're the first guy in 30, 32 shows that I've ever been able to, to relate that experience to. Because, I mean, I'm sure I tell people this and obviously I don't get to see their faces or like I, I talk to people on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And they're probably like, this kid is fucking crazy. Like, why is he fishing a Clyde bait like that? But I'm glad you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, dude, one hundred percent, dude. I, I, I got not it every bait is going to be able to do that though. Oh, two yeah, exactly. Two fifties, yes. Two fifty is an <laughs> amazing bait. That bait is revolutionary. I'm surprised more people don't fish them, to be honest, because they're such a they're unique in the fact that you can just beat the shit out of them. Unlike you know a resin bait. You know, I'm so worried about casting these resin baits into docks. You know, I've blown a few up. Um, <laughs> and you know, that's not a good feeling, uh, but, uh, and I've always envied that about like wood baits and, and the depths 250 and stuff is that you can just, they, they just take such a beating. I've actually started leaning more 
on this little wooden rat at night lately. Um, I don't know if you want to get into that later when we talk about bites I'm on or whatever, but uh, um, for that exact reason, you know, I, I can just fish the hell out of it and and land on docks or land on laydowns or rocks. Yeah, for sure. Up. The 250 is nice because, I mean, it's got that it's got that rubber shell around it, yep. and if you if you were to crack it, I mean, that rubber shell is going to hold right it together. Off. Yeah, it's yeah, going to bounce I mean, off and yeah, hold it together. Mean, you can just it's watertight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if if I could make a 250 swim like super choppy and and not as wide, super choppy. I like. Uh, everybody knows I I love fishing my glide baits like a jerk bait, like literally, dude, like real 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 like oh my gosh dude that's the have you ever tried like legitimately fishing it like a jerk bait like throwing it out there and using you know either a very extra slow sink or a suspending bait and then like pop pop pause wait for five seconds pop pop pause pop you know yeah so jake cooper the guy at cooper baits he has a little prototype bait that a couple guys have it's called the dirty dan it's a little bluegill glide and yeah, I heard you talking bait, about that one. Yeah, dude, this bait is I really want him to drop him, but I know he he's a perfectionist. He's an engineer and it and he'll probably wait till next spring to drop him, but that's that's not the point. This that's bait com- that's commendable. Too can, many people rushing baits out these days. <laughs> dude, yeah, story. exactly. This bait, you can fish slow. You can you can slow wind it like you would a 250. You can fucking jerk the shit out of it like you would a two or uh like a like a like a jerk bait, like this bait will literally do anything you want it to. It's a, I would say mine's kind of a slow sink to a, to immediate, uh, a moderate sink. And I, I just want him to drop this bait because you can do so much. How long is it? Bait. Uh, I'm holding it in my hands right now. I would say it's probably about five, five and a half inches and then seven inches with the tail. It's got Ooh. a brush tail so you can cut it down to wherever you want. And yeah, dude, that's money for especially for that that jerk bait thing. Um, I'm, dude, this I, thing gets I, fucking I, killed. I started trying it last year with my eight point five uh, hardtails during the summer. Uh, issue is, is the line fouls up the hooks every now and then. But I I have hook fish doing it, and it's it's crazy, you know. Um, there's always so many different retrieves you can try, and it's just sometimes there's not enough time in the day. <laughs> Yeah, I've thrown a lot of shit at the fan with this bait, or a lot of shit at the wall with this bait, and it's stuck every time. Like, it's it's caught me a lot of fish. I caught, fuck, so many 14-inch smallmouth on this bait, and it's like, are you serious? Like, these fish are going fucking crazy for this thing. I honestly think that the small fish are eating it before the bigger fish get an opportunity to. Yep. Like, dude, it's fucking crazy. I, I wanted to drop this thing so bad. This year, um... There's a few lakes in particular where we get some wolf packs and some schooling fish, and the bigger fish always tend to be on the bottom. And you know, it you'll catch it, you'll catch a three or four pounder up on the top, and the whole school follows the fish in, and you're like, ah, <laughs> you know, like get off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. I wanted to shout somebody out real quick. Have you ever heard? You know, little piggy swim baits. Uh, yes, yes. I Carlton fishes his stuff, or he used to. I. I know about the guy. I've never talked to him or anything, but I dude, know of his baits and his bait. uh, it's, it's him and his brother, I think. But get them, get get them on, dude, because they are uh, they are some amazing craftsmen, and they they're like your 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 buddy was saying, like your buddy, he you know puts a lot of time into his baits and and makes sure it's perfected before it hits the market. 
These guys did a phenomenal job on the, their little seven-inch Bravo trout. It's such a good little glide bait. It's so underrated and it's not talked about. And I, I would love to fish it more, but I, I, I'm such a freaking goober for my bigger baits. But uh, <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time throwing that bait during the spring, actually, because really early in the season, what I should have mentioned, um, those first few waves of fish that push up, um. You get around them during those first few sunny days, and they're so spooky. You'll go and throw a bait, and they they see the shadow and 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 just dart. So, a lot of times you need something smaller and more stealthy. And that Bravo trout, man, that freaking Bravo trout stole the show for me this spring for a glide bait in uh, sub fifty degree water. So anybody listening, I recommend check that bait out. It's a phenomenal little bait. If you can get your hands on one, do it. Yeah, dude, it's just when when you find a kick-ass bait and it's like low key, there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to tell anybody, but it's also a part of me, especially if it's a smaller builder. It's like, I want to shout this thing from the rooftops because this guy made a kick-ass bait. And I'm at the point now where it's like, I want I want to see my buddy succeed. I was lucky enough for him to send me a prototype. And after fishing it, I, I literally texted him. And I, I couldn't put in the words what I wanted to tell him about this bait. So I literally had to send him voice messages on Snapchat and tell him what I did with it, how it was catching me fish, what I didn't do with it, but I know it catch me fish. It's just, there, there's so many builders out there. And granted, like like you said, there's a, there is a lot of guys who, who rush baits, but those guys who are, who are like profession, per, professional, per, uh, perfectionists, and and wait wait a year to drop a bait. Those are the baits that might not be hyped up because because they've been brushed under the rug for a year. But those are the baits that just flat out catch fish. I swear. Yeah, dude. Uh, they don't get enough credit either. So once again, guys, little piggy swim baits. Check them out on Somebody Underground, Instagram, all that. They're they're around and they're pretty well known. So yeah. Check so getting kind of. I mean, we. Not necessarily it's a bad thing, but we kind of got off track there. What's yeah, it like? Sorry, dude. Sorry. No, no, you're good, man. You're good. People, people enjoy it when, when we get on little tangents like that. But what is your kind of, I guess, necessarily around this time to to that mid fall slash winter transition? What, what are you doing to go out to catch your fish, or or what are your fish kind of honing in on, tuning in on right now? Um. So. Uh, some you don't have to are, be specific. You don't have to be super uh, no, 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 no. Um, so, so, some would argue our fall transition has already begun, and I'm one of those people. Um, but I'll, I'm still catching them in them in summer spots, and I'm gonna probably continue to catch them in summer spots for another couple weeks, and then I'm gonna start checking shallower spots again. Um, as the grass beds start to die off, the most greenest grass, greenest pads, thickest pads, stuff like that tends to hold fish in and around them. Um, secondary points, points, um, a lot of uh, stuff that's going to be not quite deep water, but uh, adjacent to deep water or relative deep water to the lake I'm on. Um, it, uh, you know, whether that be ends of docks, ends of laydowns, uh, whatever. Um some there's some lakes where I'm kind of fishing uh drop offs. Um and uh yeah, um some lakes where I'm fishing offshore cover still. Um so but it's uh it'll 
it'll start to slow down here. It's going to get really good here in the next over the next few weeks. Um, and I'm going to you know continue to be throwing. Uh, uh, well, actually, no, uh, I'll take that back. Uh, this time of year, I usually start throwing the soft tail a little, little more because for whatever reason, um, sometimes that uh, that crazy erratic bite kind of dies off here as I get into September, and a lot of the um, slower baits start getting more bites again. So, but the weather's still hot here. Here's the thing: we still got you know high, high water temps, relatively high, high water temps. So uh, it doesn't really start cooling off for us till uh, end of October usually. But um, so through that time, I'll be fishing my hard baits until the bite completely dies, which is right around the end of October. Um, and then it starts okay. getting tough, but the bite in general kind of starts to get really tough around then. But I definitely start uh, fishing a lot more soft baits around then. Um, uh, so, yeah, I hope that answered that. Yeah, so then between that point and that that 40-degree temp, that's when you're when you're going out uh once or twice a week and, and you're fishing those those soft baits around you know kind of that cover that holds heat and stuff that we kind of started to talk about where those fish yeah i, I really don't go holding up yeah i still fish uh i don't really start fishing winter patterns um until the water's low 40s mid to low 40s because there's still gonna be one or two fish up around. I mean, it's 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 a it's a grind, but there's still gonna be a fish, or, you know, one or two fish around. And I'm talking, you'll fish three, you know, three to five hundred laker lakes lakes in a day, and maybe get boiled on once or catch one bass. You know, um, then you, I if I get a good weather pattern move through, that usually gets me a few more bites, but. uh yeah, so like I said, I'll be fishing a lot of the same stuff all the way up until it gets, until you know I've beat that horse dead enough, and then I I tr I go over to soft baits and I start fishing, try to fish kind of slower and kind of fish more methodically. I'm not running and gunning as much, um, so yeah, that's kind of how that yeah. plays out. So you're current fishing now, like your boat and stuff, kind of uh kind of moving into your current bite do you have is your boat kind of have a couple like maybe side imaging or down imaging and are you no, are you i don't going have any electronics okay okay i'll so, take that back i you... have electronics but i've got basic <laughs> uh i've got basic two like you know Depth traditional yeah and they got a gps but i only use that for like water okay. temp uh early and late in the year i will yeah. take it out and ex and kind of check shit out sometimes that i'm curious about out deeper that i'm fishing but uh for the most part i try to i just for some reason i just can't stand having it on while i'm fishing i feel like it scares fish away so i know that's completely wrong and people will say i'm stupid for that but <laughs> it's just this weird thing dude i just can't fucking do it so i turn it off but um no, I run a little 14-foot aluminum that I put a deck in. Just got a little 25-horse uh, outboard and bow mount that I put on there. And then I've got a little uh, crawdad boat, basically. It's it's Mercury's take on the crawdad. I've never <laughs> seen another one like it, but it's called a Mercury Minnow. And it's it's all black with, with brown highlights instead of green with brown or whatever. But so I use that, that little boat boat on the smaller water the very really small waters and smaller ponds and i use my bigger boat on places where i can get away with it and places i want to run the outboard at um right so. i i don't think 
you're you're odd for not running electronics just because there's a lot of guys who talk about it. Gilbert from WCZ talks about it. Uh, Jeffrey talked about it in the Cast Crank episode. And I mean, for anybody who who has the opportunity to ice fish, obviously you've never gotten to experience this, but like a flasher, it's obviously the yeah. same exact thing. It's sonar, yeah. but it's just up and down. If you're fishing in a shanty and you have somebody fishing right outside of you, whether that be a buddy or something, or if you just have your fish finder outside of you, if you like go to release a fish and you get close to that water level, you can hear the tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick of that of that fish finder. And I I don't fish a boat enough to to say one thing or another, but fish definitely hear that. That's not a natural noise at all. That's yeah. that's oh, not yeah, anything especially, they hear in the natural. Especially on some of these um these lakes I fish that like you know once again they're not very big and they get. One of my favorite lakes. It's one of the most heavily pressured lakes in the state. Uh, people come from hours, excuse me, hours and hours away to just to come fish it. For some reason, I mean, it's it's good, but there's a lot of other good lakes you could go to. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I absolutely think that that is part of educating these fish too. Is the fact that you know I've got guys now. Um, going over some of these spots with down side imaging and all that. I will say uh, I fish with a buddy with, with a good buddy a lot who has that on his boat. But once again, it's um, he's got the side scan. Um, but he, we like, once again, we only use that when we're trying to fish out deep in like the winter and stuff. Otherwise we pretty much know what we're fishing. And, you know, a lot of the lakes are so small and we fished them so many times we can just kind of, you know, we just know where things are underwater. So. Yeah, and that's kind of leading into what I wanted to ask you when I first opened up this little this little question is you launch your boat. Uh, a lot of guys, especially a lot of my friends up here who who conventional fish and swim bait fish, we literally just troll around the outs or the inside outside of the lake. We troll around the docks, slip the docks and everything because uh, a lot of big fish relate to that here. Are you guys, are you personally more on a milk run where, where you'll hit points, you'll hit, uh, hit underwater islands, hit structures, log, log, uh, not jams. Uh, what would that be? Absolutely. Like, um, like do you, I said, do you fish, fish a section or do you fish points and stuff more like waypoints and that sort of thing? Uh, a little bit of both, but, um, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I've fished, um, once I went full swim bait or even kind of before that, you know, I fished these baits so often in these spots all seasons of the year that I figured out, I figured out when's the time to be there and when's the time to not be there. And, um, and I've kind of developed those milk runs and I absolutely def, yeah, I absolutely go on milk runs. And, uh, if the bite is good, that's when I kind of try to branch out from those milk runs. But once again, these lakes I'm fishing are so small that there's a lot of uh, really, really obvious good cover out there that um, that there's pretty much always going to be fish on. And um, for me, most of the time going up there and throwing a glide bait at it is going to tell me, you know, if those fish are going to be biting, you know, if it's going to be a good bite for the day or not. You know, if I go hit two or three of those key spots, high percentage areas and I don't even see a fish, then that's when I know it's going to be a grind. I'm probably just going to stick to my traditional milk run on the lake and then bounce out, maybe uh, try to pick a new lake after that or just call, you know, scrap the day. Depends how much time I have. 
which over the last few years I've lost a lot of time on the water. I still am blessed to have, you know, one to sometimes two days a week on the water, which most people would, would love to have. But I was very spoiled um, before I got promoted at my job. Um, I wasn't working as much and, and I had a lot of time to fish in, especially like the late fall through the winter and in the early spring because I work at a golf course. And, um, but anyway, so, um, I had a lot of time to fish during that period. And, um, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of where I, I, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time out there learning what to do, what not to do and where to be at in the right times and in the wrong times. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice to like even even if it's just a year to have that exposed time and really learn a fishery or learn how your fish act in a general like a, even even just in your county because you can apply one lake to to multiple lakes if it's the same like topography and stuff. Yes. And I mean, if if you have a year or two of learning that spot, you can apply that for the next five years until right. maybe there's a hard winter or something like you, you can apply that for a while. But what's crazy is like I was getting at earlier in, in our discussion, um, you know, I've had these really great, amazing bites that I've figured out. And, you know, the next year gone back and either the bite just isn't there. You know, I've patterned them out for weeks on end and then been like, OK, next season with this moon phase and blah, blah, blah. It's all it's going to be there. Then I go back and it's not quite what it was. Um, so I don't know if that's me educating the fish. I think some of it also might have to do because of the lakes are kind of cyclical from what I understand. And um, like uh, lake levels, water levels and stuff have a big uh, a big contributing factor to it as well. But I mean, pretty much this time of year, our lakes are all pretty low, or at least the ones I'm fishing. Um Lots of them are natural lakes. Most of them are bowl style lakes, which is kind of frustrating because it almost seems like the fish vanish when they go offshore sometimes. Oh, dude, yeah. I can't catch offshore fish at these little bowl lakes. It's it's unbelievable. But I mean, do you do you, oh, uh, do you have any um, like desire to to get the lives? Or I always fuck it up. Do you have any oh, desire I do. to? Yeah, do you? I have a desire. It's not realistic for me because, um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I'm not super wealthy or anything. Um, so it's not practical for me, but I would love to try it, you know, especially on certain lakes where, where I'm, I know they're out there suspending. Um, I just, yeah, you know, I hope I can fish off somebody's boat one day with it and get a taste of what it's like, but, you know, um, I've also, heard of the downsides to it you know like the the one guy right. was saying on here to where he can be you know glued to it all day but <laughs> i feel like i feel like just my style of fishing and 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 the, the just the the way i fish on my lakes for the most part i wouldn't have the opportunity to be on those all day if that makes sense um, right yeah i mean maybe if i went to some of the bigger lakes in our state i mean i don't know if i told you this earlier but we have We've pretty much got every kind of lake in Washington. Um, we've got uh, pretty sure we have Highland reservoirs. Uh, I know one in particular I'm thinking of. I don't know if it. I would consider it Highland, but it, I think it tech, it classifies as a lowland reservoir. But anyway, we've got reservoirs. We've got natural lakes. We've got you know we've got river systems and uh, lakes connected to river systems, and um, it's it's a it's a beautiful state. 
and full of fishing opportunity. Um, some of the people kind of suck, but um, I don't let that get in the way of, of all the amazing people that I meet here. So, um, yeah, sorry about going on another tangent. but No, dude, you're fine. One thing I want to touch on because uh, you kind of piqued my interest. I grab a, about... I, let me grab another beer real quick. Oh, dude, yeah, you're fine. Just say, I, I got to set the headphones down. It's just out of reach. <laughs> no, you're good, man. I, uh, I I usually stock up at beer on my desk, so I don't have to do that. But I actually did sneak away and go pee while Brent was talking about something because I had to pee so fucking bad. <laughs> oh, you need to go? No, no, you're good, man. I, I pissed when you were talking about something. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pee real quick. <laughs> but oh, uh, one thing, one thing. are good for something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing I kind of wanted to, it's not, it's not a huge thing to touch on, but you talked about how none of your none of your friends have panoptics or the live live scan, whatever front yeah. front facing sonar is what we'll call it. It's is it fuck? How do I want to word this? A lot of guys in your area are fishing out of like John boats. Like John boats look like like huge in the P and W. Like Brian always sends me tournament videos and stuff on Snapchat, and it's literally just the bank full yeah. of John boats. That's, is it uh... weird to see a bass boat? No, absolutely not. Um, that's because so he's in a he's in a, the tiny boat nation is what it's called. It's a it's a it's a club dedicated to the smaller boats. I think it's fifteen feet and under. Um, but absolutely not. There's you you you've got uh you've got plenty of glitter wagons out here to choose from. <laughs> um, you know, guys on these seventy thousand dollar boats like just and loaded um yeah you know it's right. not like it is down south i'm sure but uh there's plenty of them you know we we do have a pretty big tournament scene here and in my opinion the anglers out of the pacific northwest are some of the best in the country because we have the opportunity to kind of fish all aspects of bass fishing whether it be you know the river fishing or the reservoirs or you know natural lakes or what have you um i mean look at brandon polinick that oh dude i was hammer. just about to bring him up actually yeah EOW. Um, yeah yeah uh so yeah i'm like I, I, i'm i'm very happy to be where i am as far as the fishing goes um i like it here yeah so did did we touch on your your current bite what what you go out there and no do? no um okay, i didn't think we, so i mean we kind of did um like I, I like i said i'm mostly leaning on glide bait still i'll go out there if you know during the day at least um i actually caught my first night glide fish the other night but uh it wasn't a big fish it was maybe three pounds i don't know i shook it off but uh so <laughs> i'm out there yeah i'm out there trying to throw glide baits most of the time just to when i'm starting just to kind of get a feel for the behavior of the fish and then from that i'll kind of decide you know, if I'm going to go top water or soft bait, I've been on a really good, uh, not really good, but I've been on a unique soft bait bite this year that I haven't experienced every, any other year. I found this, uh, this piece of structure and it's like a brush pile or, uh, an old gnarly tree or something. So I can't get a top hook HUD through there very well. Um, mm -hmm. it snags up most of the time, but I'm using the eight inch weedless and um been getting a lot of bites the last few weeks doing that um nothing crazy huge but lots of medium-sized fish four pounds five pound range but uh which is cool because i haven't caught fish on 
actually caught fish on huds even though like i said i fished them all freaking winter i get bites but i haven't actually got one in the boat um i broke broke one off last spring um that's pretty big and uh other than that i haven't gotten one in the boat for like three years um i've mostly Damn. been fishing paddle tails but uh anyways what i was saying is throwing that eight inch weed list i'm getting these fish and it's it's just been cool working on my hud game because it's been so long um but I, I mean i used to get all my bites on the hood i'd throw it out this is back when i first started swim bait fishing i'd go out there throw the hut out there and this might be another one of those cases of me educating the fish but i'd get out there and i'd throw it and i'd fish it like they say you know slow on bottom and make sure you're hitting everything and barely turning that reel handle and they just fucking dump it dude they pin it to the bottom sometimes too so you don't feel it very much but um uh and i get a lot of bites doing that but last few years i don't know what happened if it's been you know my own be me being a victim of my own success or what the hud bite has not been that great but this year trying it in some uh some new places out deeper and in the middle of summer um has been kind of a cool cool change but most of mostly i'm still catching them on glide baits mostly still catching them uh, pretty fast i don't know if i got into the the other retrieve i like to fish this time of year but i um this time the other retrieve is i'll just throw it out there and just kind of just slash the hell out of it and just make it tart 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 and then pause tart 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 pause um and just kind of fish it like that uh so when the bite's really good that's kind of what i like to do or at least when they're really fired up um and then you know the night bites a lot different i'm usually fishing strictly wake bait wake baits um haven't really been able to get on that soft bait night bite that people talk about but for as far as the wake bait bite at night's going i'm catching them um ends of docks ends of laydowns a lot of places where i know that they're at during the day but either i'm not getting fish to eat the glide bait or um i'm not trying to go to the lake because it's too busy or whatever so i go back at night and um been kind of switching it up with retrieves lately i've never been big on burning wake baits until last year i had a little bit of success kind of on accident so there was a one night this year i got out there and we, we it was it was total cheeks we weren't catching shit weren't even getting any bites and i threw the bait out and i was a few feet off from where i wanted to be so i was just burning it back in and uh fish came up and smoked it like a three and a half pounder and i was like oh sweet dude let's let's try burning these so we start burning them, <laughs> boom 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 it was like every other dock we were getting a fish on um ended up catching a mid five and uh and then i caught one that was maybe high three or low four but it was just fucking stuffed, dude. Just its belly was massive, and it had a tail sticking out of its mouth. It kind of looked like a ba a bass tail. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's been that's my day and night bites right now that I'm that I'm working on. Lots, uh, still lots of either offshore cover structure or uh, stuff that's adjacent to deeper water, or you know if if you can get some cover that's in deeper like stuff that's sticking out of deeper water or over deeper water um you know really long docks stuff like that at the end of those um those are places i'm really focusing on once again uh, it's because our water levels are also really low so fish aren't really trying to get up in like a foot of water on a lot of these lakes <laughs> yeah one thing i want to touch on just just a question because it seems like dude like 
everybody is is saying this. Has it been a hard year for you fishing wise this year? It's been harder than normal. Like I said, I've not been catching fish in places that I've patterned them out in in prior years. Um, so yes, to a degree, um, I, I would say it has, um, I've also haven't fished as much this year, but, um, yeah, it, it hasn't been the best year for me. I know people that have been doing really good, but, uh, it's definitely been a weird year. Um, yeah, but I would say it's like a 75, 25 split. Like you ask, you ask four people how it is this year, like throughout the, throughout the country. and Dude, more times out of more times out of ten, three of those guys are gonna say, "Oh, dude, this is like my worst year ever." And then you're gonna have that one guy who, who's really just dialed. Whether whether yeah. he he's on a super good bite or he has the opportunity to be out on the lake more and kind of figure him out and really, I mean, really figure him out. It's just like I don't know. And a what's lot of times that is that is the key to the formula there um, is like time on the water. Uh, Cause obviously in years prior when I worked less and I was able to fish more, I was, I was catching better fish. I was able to stay on them and stay on patterns better. So, you know, a lot of it's that, but yeah, I mean, overall I'd say my season hasn't been as good, but I've uh, last few months, it hasn't been bad. That's, that's for sure. Um, I haven't been posting as much this year on, on like my fish, uh, on Instagram or anything. Um, I've actually been sharing more other people's stuff, which I've kind of been getting more joy out of doing that, you know, than posting my own stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Cause like I said, it's just so cool to watch the scene explode here and see all these guys get into it and see, um, especially some of the guys that I like uh, I talk to that ask me questions and stuff. Um, it's really cool seeing them have some success. Um, I had to figure most of, most of what I know out on my own and on my own, I mean, you know, reading it on some made underground and stuff or right. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you know, a lot of trial and error and I didn't have anybody to mentor me. So um, I, I kind of like, being able to do that and pay it forward, especially to the younger guys. There's a couple of younger sticks around here that are, that are, that I feel like are going to make a name for themselves. Uh, so yeah, yeah sorry, I was to, say, sorry to go off oh, on another tangent. No, but. dude, no, it's, <laughs> it's fine. Like, like I tell everybody, it's, it's literally just you and I having a conversation about whatever the hell involves swim baits and, and people, people uh, enjoy it. Do, are you seen is, I know you said there's some guys, some older guys who did it before you, but are you kind of seen right now is, I guess, a pioneer, pioneer in the PNW for, for swim bait fishing. Like you said, a lot of younger guys hit you up and stuff are, do, do guys think like, like you were, you're, you're, you're an OG for, for what you've been doing for the last couple of years. Some do. Yes. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, and I, try and tell people like I'm nobody special. I don't do anything special. I just, I've spent a lot of time on the water and a lot of time doing this and I've failed a lot of times. So I, at very least I look, I know what not to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say some people associate me with that, but, um, like I said, there's been many people doing it here before me. I just kind of got popular 
I, I think I kind of caught people's attention because I think it was 2019 or 20, might've been 2018, the year I went all in. Um, I made it into the battle and um, yeah, I made it into the battle that year and then I made it back into the battle last year. But um, as what's, you know, what's the battle for guys who, who don't know? Like, I don't know what that. Oh, okay. About. Uh, so Swimbait Underground, right? Swimbait Underground. Oh, okay. Is, yeah, is, yeah. Is an online forum um about swimbaits, and so they hold a monthly tournament, and the winner of that tournament moves on to the battle of the underground or battle for the underground, which is every October, and it's all of the winners for each month go head to head for the 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 title basically and it's a, it's usually associated with a nice juicy prize pack and stuff but and the right, title yeah. but um so uh i thought that's kind of where i gained some notoriety but maybe not i don't know um but like i tell people i'm not i'm not a guru and i don't like want to try to claim to be like this is all everything you guys hear from this tonight is all you know, based on my experiences personally, um, for example, I've got, you know, my good buddy, Frank, um, he's a, he's a, he's an absolute hammer and we've got some different styles, you know, he'll catch fish doing things almost the opposite way of me sometimes. Whereas to, I'm like pretty set that this is the only way I'm going to be able to catch them. And then he, you know, he's over there doing something different. Um, so like I said, I never claimed to be that guy, but uh, I was just kind of, I think it was because nobody else was really on Instagram or anything like that. And um, so I kind of stole the spotlight a little bit, but I don't claim mm -hmm. to be that guy and I don't uh, want to be that guy. I just want to be known as somebody who likes to fish a lot and um, has fished his baits a lot. Yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of closing it down, not necessarily closing it down, but wrapping it up a little bit what's the story behind your nine three and i mean just just give it to us like give it to us in detail how you remember it how it's set up and, and that sort of thing because i mean a nine almost a nine and a half out of the pnw i mean out of the north in general whether that be <laughs> mass michigan wisconsin uh minnesota north dakota i mean just just above above the northern line dude that's that is ridiculous. And the fact that you caught it on a swim bait not necessarily makes it cooler, but it's like, holy shit, like you tricked that fish into eating, whereas it may have not eaten a jig or something for the whole rest of its life. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I don't think a I don't think very many of these fish that are in this lake get caught. Um this particular lake, I'll go into a little bit of background about it first. It's um I talked to a biologist quite a bit about a lot of the lakes I fish and what he's told me is, you know, you have your, your high population lakes, your, your, where you've got a high population of bass and mm -hmm. in those lakes, you know, you've got more competition. So you're, you're not going to, you're not going to have a great number of, of freak bass in there. Right. Especially when you're talking about these, these small acreage lakes, um, they can only hold a certain amount of biomass. And if you've got, so much bass in there there's that only leaves so much room for the forage and the bass are going to suffer the bass are going to suffer and they're going to they're going to be small so that's why you have a lot of lakes around here where um the, the bass are topping out at five six pounds because you know they're they're leaning towards bass heavy there's not as much forage to support 
the populations of bigger fish. Um, this lake is the complete opposite of that. This lake is low population. It doesn't have very many bass in it. In fact, this is the only fish I've ever caught out of it and maybe 50 trips or more. Um, I've seen some freak mega fish, but I, I can't, they're, they're, they're so full. They're so well fed that they, they aren't very easy to trick and they don't, they're so overweight. They don't move very far most of the time. Um, so this particular day, um, I went out with a buddy of mine and he's fishing conventional off the back of the boat. And, um, we were at the second lake of the day and he casted a Sanko out in no man's land and caught a high six pounder. So we were like, Oh, right on now. Now I got to catch one. Right. So I tried the rest of that lake and it, it wasn't happening. And I was like, shit, well, fuck. I mean, there's this lake I could go hit. That's not very high population, but if I catch a fish there, it's going to be a freak. You know, I already got, so my day's pretty much made. So, uh, what the hell? Let's just go swing by this. And if I catch one, cool. If not, whatever. So anyways, we go and we're fishing and, being that it's a lake I've never caught one at, I'm not very, I wasn't super aware at the time. I, like, I wasn't super focused or anything. I was just kind of sitting there BSing with him. And um, uh, I get to this dock that has an isolated patch of pads next to it. And under that isolated patch of pads, there's a big log. And it, it stretches out to deeper water. So anyway, I make this long cast at the dock, directly at the dock. Um, which shows you how how little I was really paying attention because normally I don't cast right at docks, but I casted right at the dock um, to fish this patch of pads, um, and which normally I probably would have angled it to where I could go past the dock and the patch of pads. But anyway, we were just kind of cruising along, and I made that cast, and I'm probably six, seven feet away from those pads. I don't know, I'm a good good few feet away from those pads, and I'm working the bait past it. It's uh, It was first week of July, so fish were starting to get into their summer patterns, but I hadn't, for whatever reason, I hadn't switched to my hardtail uh, glide bait yet, so I was fishing it kind of slower. And I see the pad shutter as the bait was going by it, and this massive silhouette come out of it, and the fish the fish is kind of closing in on it kind of fast, so I just I just gave it two, like two or three quick cranks, and she just closed in on it and just, just grabbed it. So I set the hook like, dude, dude, dude. And and my buddy like drops his rod and grabs the net and, and gets the net under there. And, and, you know, she was so big and overweight, you know, a 22 and a half inch 9.3 pounder um, picture of her is on my Instagram. And there's a video on my YouTube of the cast to catch. Uh, like she didn't she didn't fight super hard because of how overweight she was. But uh Anyways, the first thing we said when we got her in the net, my buddy's like, that's a DD, that's a DD. And I'm like, dude, did I just catch a DD? And uh, we put it on the scale and it was 9-3. And, and, you know, I was a little bummed, but, you know, I was like, dude, this is fucking sick. Because I, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I thought about it. I was, I was bummed because it wasn't that 10, but I was like, dude, I still have room to go. Like, I still have a little bit of room to go up. Uh, those two buddies of mine, like, they didn't hit nine. I think, yeah, they didn't hit nine. They didn't hit eight before they hit their, uh, before they hit their double digit. I've hit eight and nine now. So I feel like I'll be a little more complete when I hit that double digit. But, uh, for sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's cool to go from like six 
six or seven to ten. But it's like, man, like you you miss the the giddy up from going eight, nine, ten. Like it's and I've almost I mean, worked I, my way up like four, five, six, seven. Like I'm almost done that, <laughs> except I caught a six pounder. Like there was a weird year or two. I don't know if it was because of this class of fish, this, you know, certain spawn didn't go well or whatever, but we had this year where we, you know, these couple, it was probably two years where we were catching like sixes, but we couldn't catch any fives. Like Damn. a five pounder. I mean, that's not a bad like thing. A, yeah, but a five pounder on the dot was like rare, dude. So once we finally started catching fives, we were like, oh, we were sending pictures. We were like, five pounder, dude. Like, <laughs> like stoked about a five pounder over a six, which is silly. But uh, we were just, yeah, anyway. So um, that's the story behind that. And Damn. yeah, I'm still stoked on it. Videos on YouTube. I actually just put the individual video because what I used to do is on my YouTube, I would do compilations of cast to catch um on the glide bait per season and i had that in there and the, the actual video i had on youtube originally in that compilation um in rendering the clip got fucked up so when i uploaded oh. it there was there were some audio issues so uh that i didn't check before uploading but anyway so i uploaded it individually so if you go to my youtube it's the first one up there right now Hell yeah, dude! Like I said, I'll. I I didn't know if you were if you had a YouTube. Like some guys are super open about their YouTube, like post about it all the time, and then there's other guys who who don't say shit about it. And then, like after the show, they mention like, "Oh, I got a YouTube." I'm like, well, "Why didn't you say anything?" Like I'll, yeah, I'll obviously. I, <laughs> I try not to force it on people, but when I put a video out, I I like make a post about it or whatever. But I mean, honestly, I don't get that much engagement or traffic on my cast to catch videos. I've got a couple stupid rod reviews up there from like years ago <laughs> that are just fucking insanely popular, dude. Um, just so many views um, and so many comments. It's insane. I guess that's what people want to see, which is cool, I guess. <laughs> but um, one of them is the Dobbin 795, and then the other one is the 806 SB. And I got those two videos up like right on the right kind of swim bait fishing around here was getting popular and i think okay kind of starting to explode nationwide so those videos freaking took off but yeah yeah they're, they're just kind of stupid <laughs> videos of me just sitting there talking about the rod in my garage like i didn't put any production <laughs> into them or anything hey if people the way i see it is even even with the show if people take you know a tad of of knowledge from it i i it's a tad more knowledge than they had before. Like it, it must be, it must be valuable in some sort of way to somebody. One out of the five hundred you know listeners I have. That reminds me, dude. I got to touch on this because I just remembered I didn't fully touch on it. So you mentioned moon phase, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not huge on moon phase, mainly because I'm going fishing when I'm going fishing, and I'm not going to let it stop me most of the time. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. There's nights nights where i'm not going to go night fishing if the if it's a full moon i will usually choose not to because um 99 out of 100 of night trips i've done with a full moon <laughs> over my head um i've never even like barely even touched a bass except i had one day with my buddy frank this year where the sun had just went down but the moon was still up over our heads and it was like a full moon we caught the shit out of him and that was like or or he caught he caught a five pounder. 
I hooked in something that was pulling hard and nice and lost that. And then I had another couple nice blow-ups. Then he ended up breaking one off right at the boat because he was just sitting there. He flipped out a joker, and he's like, dude, what do you think about this? And he's sitting there walking the bait. Like, what do you think about that? And I was like, oh, that looks sick. And right at the boat, this bass come up and ate it and just fucking ripped it off the line pretty much. Oh, my gosh. Dude, that's... It's it's night fishing is it's big in California and Massachusetts. That's like the only spots I see night fishing like super hyped Honestly, up. Honestly, we're not even really allowed to here, and that's why it's not oh, so really? big here. Yeah, so our our most of our boat ramps are state are state launches, so they close it. They close during hours of darkness, according to them. Um, so I still fish. I mean. I don't know if I should be telling everybody. Anyway, I, I still fish some, <laughs> some of these lakes. Uh, I still fish some of them, but I try to stick to ones that I'm not going to make. You know, if there's people that, you know, residents that live right near the boat ramp or whatever, I'm not going to go wake them up, try to load my boat and unload it. So I try to stick to either lakes that, uh, that aren't developed or, um, you know, there's not people that live right near the launch. Um, I right, also have... Yeah. I've got a good friend who's got property on a lake too, so I can I always I can go out to his house sometimes. But that's that's one of the lakes that I've burned the hell up. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, night fishing is big in California and Massachusetts. That's like, <laughs> right, dude. I don't know. That's like the only spots I see a lot of guys consistently night fishing and consistently catching fish. Man, speaking of Massachusetts, isn't uh isn't Jesse Hall? Isn't he from there? Swimmate stud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he? He's he's somewhere over there, like northern northeastern area. I think it's probably. Yeah, I don't know. You should get him right? on, dude. He's a he's a he's a good he's cool to talk to, and I think it'd be a good conversation with him. I I don't know if I've ever talked to him honestly. No, he's he's super knowledgeable. Um. But yeah, it'd be cool. I'll, I'll hit him up and I'll tell him to hit you up because that'd be, I think it'd be really cool to hear, hear him speak in long form. Yeah, dude, there's, dude, there's so many guys I want to come on the show. And like I talked about earlier, they're like, like, oh, like, I don't, I don't have a big following. And it's like, I do not care. Like, I just want to talk to you. Because... Dude, I just like hearing people talk about fishing, dude. Like, I don't, like, I don't care about that shit, dude. I just like all your guests. I've, I've loved everything they've had to say, dude. It's, like I've learned some really cool shit, uh, especially from that from the Bo Spire episode. I hit him up because uh, it gave me gave me some more confidence. Actually, I think that might have been what inspired me to go out there and throw that HUD. To be honest with you, uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Uh huh. Um, so shout out to him for that. But yeah, so um, yeah, man, it's the community is awesome. There's a lot of cool people in it, dude. And some of the coolest people in the community aren't very. Um, aren't very outspoken or aren't very praised, but like, I don't know, another guy I'll give a shout out to. Do you know who chef Chris is? Uh, if I dude, like, honestly, it's so hard you for me to him, remember you know names. Uh, he's uh, yeah, chef exactly. Chris 401, but he, uh, he's another, like, he's one of the best in the community, dude. He helps so many people get baits, get their hands on baits that they want. Um, uh, he's just a great dude. Um, uh, he's another guy I'd like, like to hear him talk in long form sometime but he might not be he i don't know if he'd be if he's a if he's yeah i don't know if he's a, he'd be open to talking <laughs> cool, yeah anyway, it's like so. some guys some guys are super down to talk and then other guys are super hesitant which 
I mean, I don't, I don't push anybody to come on the show. Like I, I usually when I message somebody, I have have a long form that I, 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 I send to them. And then at the end it says, no worries. If you don't want to come on, I understand that it's like a super, a super niche thing inside the super niche group, like to come fucking talk and, and uh, act like, you know what you're talking about on this podcast, but it's just, I, anybody wants to talk, it, anybody can talk. I don't care at all. Yeah, dude. And it's, it's, I mean, just being somebody who, who, loves the culture so much uh it's it's awesome to have a podcast dedicated to it um so yeah i mean like i said earlier i really appreciate what you're doing with this man it's it's cool and i know a lot of other people in the community probably feel the same about it yeah dude it's like uh like i said it's it was ah, fuck i don't really know how to word this but i've talked about it before it was like honestly super selfish of me to start this because I didn't necessarily think it was going to be going to be this big that I was going to have 500 people listen to every episode. Like it started because I wanted to pick the brains of guys in the community who, who know their shit, who are, who are on fish, who are on good bites. And it's just, it's spiraled and, and grown like snowball affected into something way bigger than I would have imagined what it was seven years ago or seven years ago, seven months ago. Wow. I'm kind of fucking drunk right now, but it's, it's gotten so big. It's ridiculous. And it continues to grow. I wake up and I have six, seven, 10 new followers on Instagram. And, and uh, I look and I have, I have That's, 25 I new listens. That, dude. dude, it's so fucking crazy. It's so crazy. I tell everybody, I tell this. all my buddies about it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of those knuckle draggers are freaking <laughs> tuning in. And it's like, um, it's cool that you're able to take something from Bo who fishes in Alabama and maybe not necessarily put it exactly into your fishing, but able to, to take those tips and, and make it effective or, or pull some information from it that you may, able, may be able to apply in Washington. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, just like I said, just hearing some of the stuff he talked, some of the stuff he was talking about and. Uh, it just gave me inspiration. Then I hit him up and asked him, I asked him to kind of go into a little bit more of what he was talking about. So I appreciate that he was, he was willing to talk to me about that. Thanks for that, Bo. If you're listening. Oh, I'm sure he probably is. <laughs> but uh, is there, yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, Dude, I don't feel bad if you if you have something you want to touch. Yeah, on. I got a shout out. I got a shout out. Brock at Hiroshima Customs. He's treated me yeah, really well. Yeah, go for it. I was going to uh, ask you about that actually. Um, every, I'm sure everybody in the swim bait game knew, knows who he is, but he's get he had he had some back issues, so he was kind of out of the game for a little while. But uh, he's he's going to be ramping things back up, and he's got some really cool stuff coming. So be on the be on the lookout for those drops. Um. Yeah, man. He's got some really cool stuff coming. Dude, dude, his new stuff, like that uh that gill, that hur hurricane, is that what hurricane, it is? Hurricane, yeah. So yeah. I got the I got the unlipped version of that and it's a it's just a glide bait and wow, dude, I'm so impressed by the just the, the sheer it's it's a big it's a big bait. It's an eight inch gill bait, so it's it's you know bigger than your hand, um, or as big as your hand, you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's big size. So, 
but the the agility of that bait is is impressive dude like uh, the more that dude works on his baits the more he is able to make these designs that work in ways that i'm just blown away by because you know a lot of times you don't have a a big big bull you know or a big uh not a big bull but a big uh big gill weight or a big gill glide like that that is quite as agile and and doesn't blow out quite like that but and then he they're right. always tuned really good the paint's always freaking amazing but dude his paint is so badass i uh i got a godzilla like in a in a fuck i paid 250 bucks for a 250 and a godzilla a couple of years ago that's a good deal and dude. Yeah, dude, it was like I saw it. I went to Godzilla was two twenty. Yeah, I was like, I don't need these baits, but for that deal, I've never had a Hiroshima bait, and it's uh, even even if you've been fishing for a while, fishing swim baits for a while, like I had at that time, I got that Godzilla, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing. Yeah, that thing's a a work of art. It's a massive bait. Yeah, I never got into the Godzilla because with our northern strain bass, they tend to have smaller mouths. So I tend, I generally tend to stray away from taller profiles anyway, but the way he designed the hero cane, well, the, the, uh, the dock Raider, which is the glide bait form. And then the hero cane is just the lipped version of it. But the way he designed that, the, the rear, the, the, the tail piece on that is thinner and kind of triangular shaped in a way that if a fish is going to bite at that lure, there's a really good chance that he's going to hook up on it. There's not a lot of, um unless he attacks it kind of head on and from the side and he's not kind of open his mouth all the way you know it's but i would yeah. say the th- that bait is it's it's comparable in size to the godzilla like it's 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 dang near the same size but it's thinner and the way it fishes it's a lot, lot more agile and you can fish it more erratically which is right up my alley of course yeah i fished it it was like late fall when i got it like after the first gathering so it was towards the tail end and my buddy was in Texas and he's like, dude, I want that bait so bad. So I ended up selling it to him and I'm like, fuck, I wish I kept that bait because I think like gill spawn here, like that thing probably would have gotten clobbered. Yeah. I really like my, uh, my dock Raider. I fished that thing. So, you know, some of these, some of my lakes I'll have without trying to give away lakes, but you know, there's, (laughs) there's populations of fish, that kind of coexist that eat, you know, you've got kind of gill feeders and then you've got like, you know, fish that are more bottom oriented and they're kind of yep. maybe eating craws more. And then you've got, yeah. you've got fish that are feeding up a lot more on, you know, either suspended bass gills, a lot of times trout. So they're eating that trout profile. But, um, so I like to fish my gill bait. I kind of keep my gill baits around those areas. I know the gills are at, which is obviously, you know, what most smart people will do, but you know, I've, I've uh I've tried forcing bites many a times with trout glides and it works. I mean, I've done it a lot of times, but you know, I've definitely found that you know, going to that gill profile in the right situation is is going to get you more bites for sure. Yeah, it's rock stuff is just it's it's a work of art. Like his paint, dude, his ah, fuck, it's like his his trout with the red streak through it. Dude, yeah, that stuff. I'm looking at one that, right now. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, I was just pulling one up looking at it because I, I wanted to remember. Dude, that is such a beautiful bait. My buddy had one of the, the seven inch uh, shads and I wanted it oh, so bad, but I'm bait. like, I'm that like, that little bait right I, there I is that phenomenal. So 
that's yeah. another little uh very versatile bait that's another bait uh i've got i got a video on youtube with of that one that one actually has gotten decent engagement but where i took that out for like the first day and uh, i fucking i killed it my first day out with that thing i ended up ultimately selling it so i could get another trout but um <laughs> yeah so i've got four five uh five five uh eight and a half inch soft tails two ten inch soft tails and four five of his og hard tails damn uh, so i'm loaded down on what i need and yeah. i'm not one of those people who collects a bunch of baits i've just got what i need and i've got a bunch of backups of what i need um, you have shit I've that got, works though right and i certain uh i um one thing that might be kind of cool to get into is i got into uh dialing in the tune of my baits in the last uh two years which is something that a lot of people are kind of intimidated by you know drilling into these 200 or 180 dollar baits or whatever um but once i started doing that that's helped me out immensely in these last two early seasons especially having those suspending glides that i can dial in um and uh and be able to fix baits too um yeah it's something that's uh that's been really cool to be able to work with is yeah being able to tune baits um i don't think i'll ever be talented enough to paint baits you know, like I have these artistic visions in my mind, but like I'm not that artistic, so I don't think I'm even going to try that. I'll keep sending them out to people, but um, yeah. And then I've got a bunch of his Bill Rillas and one of his Gil Rillas, and I've got one of his un his uh uh prototype swimmers. Uh, yeah, they're cool baits, man. But yeah, he's helped me out a lot. He's 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 done some cool stuff for me. So I I always try to represent him as much as I can because yeah, he's a good dude for sure. It's funny that you you touched on being scared to to mod baits. I was I had uh, Trey Smith on yesterday, who's an admin from Universe, which mm -hmm. well, people people listen to that show before they listen to this show, but. He, him and I talked about modding baits, how guys are scared to do it, but the guys who do it like like 20 years oh. ago, 2002, when guys were modding Huddleston's, like putting yeah. red pipe pipe cleaners and stuff, like there's a huge difference that you can make with modding a bait just a little bit. And Absolutely. it's fucking crazy. That Absolutely. I mean, it'll, it'll drive you insane when you're trying to tune a glide bait, but um, the result is is so worth it, dude. Like once you once you can get a bait exactly where you want it, it's so rewarding. And and that for one, I mean, you did that. You're it's it's kind of tricky it's, with it's, a glide bait, but yeah. And then it, obviously it pays you back with the fish you catch. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Fuck, I don't know, man. It's it's sketchy to to rip apart like a two hundred and fifty dollar bait, but. It can be the difference, like we talked about earlier, between making that eight, nine, ten pounder fall for for the silly resin bait, wood bait, or yeah, that fish look at it and be like, ah, oh, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I, I mean, it's just one of those things that people should probably be more open minded to, because I mean, it's just a tool, you know, and um, sometimes your tools need need a little love. I mean. I mean, especially like power tools and stuff. You got to change shit out and 
uh, tweak on shit here and there if you use them a lot. Glide baits are kind of the same way. I mean, definitely got to change hardware out. Um, I do that at least once a season. Um, oh, you know what? I never got into my setups. Do you want me to go over my setups real oh, quick? Oh, dude, yeah, go for it. Go so, for it. Um, my primary rod that I use most of the time, especially fishing glide baits, um, is going to be my, I throw, I throw all production rods. I haven't gotten into custom game yet. Um, but I would really like to pretty soon. Um, but, uh, right now my primary rod is the Dobbins 867. Um, I'm using that for my glide baits. Um, anything over anything four ounces and up. Um, and I also will throw like some crank downs and uh, some wake bait sometimes on that if I'm not throwing the glide bait on it. But, um, and then I also use, so I, I take three rods with me at most, and that's going to be, yeah, that 867 primarily. And then I have the Dobbins uh, Bull Shad series, the 836. And um, that rod, um, I think it was it was actually Jesse Hall, swimmate stud, who said this, and I really liked what he said. He said it's the poor man's eight sixty seven, and I was like, dude, <laughs> yes, like it. It's it's not quite as parabolic as the eight sixty seven, um, but it's it's eight foot three, and it's I can throw a six ounce bait on that thing, um, pretty much no problem. So. Um, yeah, I throw mostly top waters and crank downs on that rod, but there'll be times when I'm throwing two different glide baits and I'll have a glide bait on that rod as well, especially if it's a little bit smaller. Um, and then I also bring a, uh, my soft bait rod is an 807 Dobbins. And, um, so I put the Revo Beast on that, that the little black one, I think the Beast 40. And yep. yeah, that's because I, I like so. to fish slower retrieve on that. Uh, the Dobbins 836, the the Bull Shad Rod, I throw a, uh, the Daiwa Tatula 300. I'm a huge fan of the Tatulas. Um, I had a few that I beat the crap out of in the rivers with salmon. And if you want to test low profile reels, you take them out and fish some salmon because they will, they will put it to the <laughs> test and, and show you the, yeah, dude, the real durability of a reel. You got, you guys have the saltwater salmon. We, we don't have that. We just have puny lake michigan salmon puny well, we is get, they don't fight so, as hard i don't fish for them in the salt i fish for them in the freshwater so once they okay, hit the river yeah. systems is when i fish for them but a lot of the rivers i'm fishing are are within within a couple miles of the salt so those fish are still very still very much so uh fired up from that salt water right so right. um you know the further the salmon get up them the more they they essentially degrade and and die so they kind of get weaker as they go further up the system i think lake michigan salmon are more of an upper river bright species to whereas they kind of last a little bit longer but most yeah, of the pacific yep. salmon around here as soon as they hit the estuary where the fresh water meets the uh salt water or the brackish water um then they start to turn to their freshwater phase and essentially they're just degrading and losing strength and whatever anyway so um yeah it's a good a good test of your your gears doing that but so for my 867 my primary setup i actually run a daiwa z200 Boom. and uh the only reason i even have that reel is because i won that on the there is a giveaway i don't know if you ever there was a guy named real clean reels adam who he was a real cleaning dude who did a lot of real cleaning for swim baiters and whatnot um 
him and Trap Bass Bates put on a giveaway for it because he he put the the reel together with parts from other reels anyway. So he put the give, <laughs> giveaway together, and I ended up winning that. Slapped that reel on my eight sixty seven, and ended up actually selling a Tranks three hundred that was on it um, because I have this now, and I just love the C two hundred so much. It holds less line. But the way it feels in my palm and the way it performs, just I I haven't looked back at the tranks. It was a nice it was a nice reel, but I I like the Z two hundred way more. Yeah, I'm I'm split. I have I have a couple well I, a couple. I have one Daiwa reel and then like two or three Ks. But dude, the Daiwa reels are so much lighter for what's inside of it compared to my Ks, like. Ah, fuck! I don't is know. Is that dude. the new Corrado? Uh, no. It's it's the Corrado two hundred. It's probably like a twenty nineteen model. So I don't so know the what they've one? changed since then. Oh no, not the green one. Not the green okay. one. No, the green ones were, are pretty solid. I remember. Yeah, everybody loves those, those on the river. But uh, yeah. And then I um I run twenty pound mono across the board. I used to run twenty pound floral on my soft bait setup, but um. I quit catching fish on soft bait, so I quit quit wanting to buy, quit wanting to spend that much on fluoro. So right now I'm just running twenty pound across the board, uh, big game mono, and it seems to do just fine for me. I don't ever have any problems with it. How often are you changing out your line? Um, on my glide bait setup, um, my primary setup, I'm switching that out at least once a month. Um, it's like I said, it's a smaller reel, it's a two hundred size reel, so it's got a smaller spool. I tend to on months that I'm fishing heavy, you know, twice a week or more, which would be ideal, but doesn't happen as much anymore. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm definitely switching it out twice a month on those months. But on average right now, it's about once a month. And yeah. Uh, as far as my other setups go, not maybe bi-monthly. My soft bait setup, actually, that one will all go a couple months just because I don't really fish soft baits that much anymore. But yeah, I, I try to keep my line pretty fresh on the uh, on the primary stick. How <laughs> I I saw your I think was it you I think uh, your hook your hook story that you posted earlier. Oh yeah. You. Do you change your hooks out a lot? Do you sharpen your hooks, or are you just uh, like me and you just fucking send it? And at the end of the year, whatever hooks need to be replaced, <laughs> replace. Uh, no, I bring files with me and shit. And sometimes I'm really tedious about that, dude. Like sometimes I'll hook a, like a, I'll hook a dock or something and I'll reel it in and I'll like sit there <laughs> and fucking file off my, uh, you know, file my hook down a little bit. Like, um, like that's something I'm really big on is trying to keep fresh hardware on there. Um, something I heard on uh, a podcast that, I don't know if it exists anymore. He hasn't put an episode up on a while, but it was the big bait sagas. He was talking about, um, he actually had, um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from fish everything. Um, he had him oh, on Vic? there. Vic. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed that episode. And I, I actually, uh, I gained a lot of respect for Vic through that episode. I could resonate with what he said a lot, but anyway, um, on that podcast, he talked about one of these episodes. He highlighted controlling all your controllable variables. Um, when you're going out for 
the fish of a lifetime, which a lot of us swim baiters are doing, you know, you want to try to make sure every little variable that you can control, you want to try to make sure that that is controlled. Um, so I try to practice that as much as I can. I don't honestly do it as much with my, um, my, my wake baits, especially my ones that have, uh, the quad hooks because I, I hate ordering quad hooks. Um, but at least, at least annually, I'll change out all of the hardware on my baits, but the, the glide baits I fish the most, um, especially like my hardtails. Sometimes I'll fish them, I'll change them out two or three times a season, depending on how many fish I'm catching and how much I'm throwing that bait. Cause even just throwing the bait a lot, you know, that the hooks are going to wear down, rub it against that, uh, that resin. So, um, yeah, I always keep a file on me and I'm always making sure that, you know, my hooks aren't bent out or my barbs not crimped down and except the other night, I guess, I don't know what the hell happened. I must've thrown that thing. The only thing I can think of what that could have been, which still doesn't make sense, um, is I threw that, that bait up and it bounced off a dock. But mm -hmm. usually, anytime I've ever bounced a bait off a dock and the hook's bent, it's always bent inward. So I did, I caught a lot of fish that night, but they were all really small fish and I did lose two fish. So maybe one of the small, one of the fish I lost was bigger than I thought and it just bent the hook out. I don't know. But yeah, I, I fished for a good three hours with that bait like that. <laughs> Dude, it's, fuck, I don't know. I I will change my hooks when needed. But other than that, I fucking send it. Like, I don't know. I'm, I talked about it with Trey. I'm a super, what you would say, lazy swim bait fisherman. Like, I'll change my line when it needs to be. Like, when I'm casting down to the backing, I'll change my hooks. It's really when I need to. Like, if I'm still hooking fish, it's cool. But if, like, I can't, uh, can't scratch the surface off my fingernails i'll probably buy exactly some yeah that's yeah, definitely when it's time to time to do something for me i usually like i said if i there's times where i miss a fish and i'm like oh it's because my hooks aren't sharp and i really didn't really fast like, <laughs> pile down some of my hooks but no for the most part yeah if it's not like i yeah that scraping the fingernail thing's a really good um a good good way to judge if your hook needs sharpening or replacing so, Dude, yeah, I sometimes keep... I go out and their hooks are fucking rounded, and I'm like, "Well, yeah. I'm out here already. I don't have any spare hooks. Like, I gotta make it work. bend it back." And you're just like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope I don't hook a big one on this one hook point." Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly. Dude. No, I, yeah, uh, same, same thing. I've had that happen too. But more and more, I'm trying to make sure I bring like a backup hook or a back, you know, backup, you know, at least one of everything I might need out on the water. Which being in a boat, it's a lot easier. But you fish from bank, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, you got a pack bank, light, Wade. So. Yeah, yeah, you got like pack I, uh, I have, I have a very secret thing prototyping right now that that will help any bank angler that I'm, I'm messing around with. Hopefully, I'm gonna send it to a couple guys, see what they think about it before I post it up. But um, I have a a dive bomb bag, which dive bomb is a super big waterfowl hunting brand. And uh, my girlfriend got it for me for my birthday. It's it's essentially just a water pack, and I can fit a lot of shit in there. And it's just a one-sling backpack, so it kind of eats into your shoulder a little bit. But I can honestly just carry it down the bank and toss it on the bank. I, it doesn't right. doesn't matter if it's in, in the water or whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, 
Carrying a backpack is fucking essential. I don't care if you fish out of a boat, fish out of a buddy's no, boat. I, like... I agree. Uh, that's a big thing with, you know, fishing in the rivers for salmon is like, you know, you're constantly in this pickle of like, you know, do I bring too much? And then I have to set it down on the bank where somebody can gank you or like, you know, or, <laughs> or you know, because there is, you know, there's a lot of combat fishing that happens around here, especially in the rivers, which I don't know if you're familiar with the term combat fishing, but if you're oh, not, dude. be glad. It's, but... uh, yeah, here. When those salmon load up in the river, dude, it's fucking elbow to elbow. Yeah. Guys are hooking fish, screaming it like they're gonna think they're gonna think their fellow anglers gonna reel up their shit, and nobody fucking cares. Like, they don't give a shit if you land that fish. Well, at or least not. here, a lot of people will reel up for you, but <laughs> exactly, yeah, it uh, it. it gets fucking brutal here because that that Manistee River, where that world record brown was caught, I talked about earlier, it's like the hub for fucking everybody. Dude. If you if you're a goober, I would love to fish for those. I hear they eat swim baits or brown trout or just trout yeah. in general. Brown, dude, lake trout, lake trout will eat a swim bait 100%. Okay, I've got a lake over here, so maybe I'll try that. <laughs> yeah, lake, no, that's a few hours like, away, but it's like a, it's lake. hundreds of feet deep, too. But yeah, do you guys have like literal lake trout? Like, that's the name of the fish is lake trout, Mackinac. Yeah, okay, yeah, so like. Yeah, we Dude, have, I know of one lake in particular, but like I said, it's hundreds of, like, it's, it's so deep that <laughs> I wouldn't have enough line on my spool to get to bottom where they're at. To get down there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've had fish come up and look at a citizen with a flashy rig, like, do lake, I, I lost a lake trout doing it. It was probably all of a 30, sub 30 inch lake trout that came up and ate this bait. I don't from know what if you I know understand, who, uh... Uh, yeah, oh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, so from what I understand, a lake trout, a Mackinac, if that's what you're talking about, is a landlocked Chinook salmon. I could be wrong, but I think that's my understanding of it. And if that's the case, then yeah, those motherfuckers are going to be big and strong. Yeah, okay, so yeah, looking looking at that fish, that's uh, that's more or less exactly what it is. It's like that uh, like the super brown and tannish design on the fish. Yeah, I don't know. Talk. I don't know, bro. I've yeah. never actually seen them. I just I've <laughs> seen pictures, but you know, like they've got yeah. big spots on them. Yep. Yeah. Those fish, those fish are more like a bass than any other trout. Like there's guys in oh, Montana shit. and Idaho and shit that'll that'll catch them on on like dark sleepers and stuff. But lake trout, dude, there's so here they eat alewives, which are like little little bait fish, kind of like uh, like a shad, I guess, more or less. And if you can replicate that, like a six inch citizen, dude, like this fish fucking came out of a boulder pack and totally fucking annihilated my bait. And I swung into it and it shook twice. And I I literally like I had a mental breakdown. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is a lake trout. I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna land this fish. Like I can't flip it up on the pier like I do with all these other fish. <laughs> air mail it is what we call it around here when <laughs> yeah, you're fishing fuck. up on the pier and you're trying to get it all the way up yeah yeah they call it air mail here because they're you know people do that on the pier the piers out on the the beaches and they'll hook a salmon and you know if it's if it's not a salmon that's too big you know they'll they'll do what they call yeah air mail and they'll just say what yeah. side and they lift it up and fling it over the side of the pier at you so you gotta <laughs> get the hell out of their way that's funny um ben Linnell is a guy who I don't know if he lives in Colorado or Wyoming, but he'll he'll like go out, dude, and he'll catch he'll catch uh kings. Well, it'd be Chinook for you guys. He'll catch Chinook on like yeah, haters and crankdowns and shit. 
That's fucking amazing, dude. So we've got we've got rivers around here that I know they will eat those at. I just uh like last year I was out throwing a, a paddle tail and I hooked uh -huh. a few fish, but the I was throwing like uh I was just throwing them on like standard swim bait jig heads. And these coho coho salmon, they're silver salmon. Um, yep. I would hook them and then they would just bend the hook out because the hooks wasn't stout enough. So I need to find a jig head that I can throw my swim bait, little soft, little paddle tail swim baits on and still get those fish in. But uh, I know you can catch them on hard baits because people, uh, I catch them, um, I've caught them just around here. They call it bill dancing, um, <laughs> casting out a, casting out a fucking uh, plug was what they call it, but it's like a crankbait basically. And yep, uh, yeah. casting that out there and then reeling it down and then wham, they'll hit it. Um, so I know if I throw the, you know, a crank down out there, I could probably catch him. I'm going to try it this year. I'll try it this year. I don't go very so often anymore, but I'm going to try it this year. It's funny that you, you mentioned that because here, um, plug fishing in the river, like those thunder sticks and stuff is what we call them. Thunder sticks and, and, uh, uh, shit. Uh, there, there's another term for them, but so what you do is you get you get in the current of the river, like in these deep holes, and you literally just let out uh, 50 yards of line, and that bait gets down there. And literally all you do is you have the rods out of the back, and you just pick up your anchor and drop your anchor. And those fish are those those baits are kind of getting walked back in this hole, and those steelhead yep. and, and and salmon just hit it out of instinct. And there's there's no reason you couldn't do that with with a crank down at all. Like you could completely oh, yeah, do that with a crank down. Um, they actually do something kind of similar here. They call it the wall of death where you'll have a boat, you oh, know, shit. a boat on a, you know, a smaller river and they'll have, they'll have two or three rods with plugs on them and they'll, you yeah, know, yeah. So basically just crankbaits and they'll cast those out there and then they'll walk them down the hole and corner the fish in the hole and the fish just lash out once you get to the, the bottom of the hole. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's like my uncle, like my whole family grew up and and was well known for for river fishing like that and i the apple fell really far from the tree with me like nobody nobody really bass yeah. fished everybody was a charter fisherman on the river like uh, i touched on it in in another podcast i did uh, on my friend's podcast but my uncle's in the freshwater hall of fame for steelhead fishing like when steelhead That's got awesome, planted dude. in michigan yeah when when steelhead got planted in michigan and uh, he would take the the Michigan governor out all the time, and and they'd record fishing what? shows like, yeah. So in Michigan, there's a big uh, a big outdoor show called Michigan Out of Doors, and he was on that shit all the time because he was you like some big he was known as then, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was he was known as the steelhead guru, and like everybody knew who he was, everybody knew where he fished, everybody knew his boat and everything, and. Uh, he he would when he was alive and i was really 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 close to my uncles all my uncles and my grandparents and uh they'd always make funny like oh my gosh i can't believe you're going out and in bass fishing when you could be out in the river and it uh the river fishing is yeah it's it's been appealing but it's like i don't know what it is with those those little green fish but they fucking they hold my heart for Dude, some reason it's, it's insane like i never back so back when I had got back into fishing and I got really heavy into salmon and steelhead fishing, you know, I never thought that I would be this into bass fishing and that it would consume my life every single day. Like it does. Like literally I can relate. Vic said the same thing on that pot, the big bait po uh, sagas podcast. He said something about like, 
you know, no matter what time of year, he's always thinking about like, where are these fish at? What are they doing? And it's like, dude, yes, that speaks to me so much because dude, it doesn't matter. Anytime I'm outside and I see the fuck, I see the wind blow, dude. It's like, oh my gosh, that's going to fire those bass up, dude. Like, you know, anytime I have to miss any weather event, like I'm, I'm, I, I almost feel miserable because I miss, I feel like I'm missing out or I could potentially be. So it's like, it's kind of like it, a curse at, to some degree. Cause it's like, you know, I, there's always this feeling because I can't get on the water quite as much as I want to. There's always this feeling of me missing out, you know, um, especially cause FOMO. you can only get out. <laughs> yeah. FOMO. So, you know, if you can only get out once a week, then, you know, the chances of you missing out on the best conditions of the week are going to be pretty high. So yeah, there's a lot of times where I wish I could be out there. And it's just like, ah, oh, you know, but, um, Hell, I'm still happy to have one day a week, most weeks, and uh, you know, two days a week when I'm lucky. Um, right. On those weeks, I should even add that it's it's an after work day, so it's 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 a couple hour trip versus you know, um, when I go if I go Saturday or Sunday, I'm usually out there damn near all day unless I was out there, you know, during the night. So. <laughs> yeah, and living like I don't know if you've seen how close I live, I fucking my back my back door is the water even though i'm on the fourth floor but That's nonetheless awesome. it's like i thought i dude, i was like oh i'm gonna fish every single day and when i moved in here early july the podcast was doing good don't get me wrong but it wasn't it wasn't anything like it was today like a thousand That's when i just started listening is right yeah. around then but no, and it was, yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy in the last couple of weeks, really, it's been starting to really gain traction. I think in the next month or so here too, you're going to continue to see that trend. Um, yeah, dude, like at the gathering and stuff, like being able to have, have a physical booth. Like I've, I've gone to two out of the three gatherings now. And I'm so jealous, man. Those, those sound so <laughs> cool, man. Like I've got to drive drive or fly to like go 27 hours like probably 29 hours something like that well, yeah i mean to go i could go to toxic days that's 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 only a yeah, few hours yep. of a you know uh eight hour drive or something like that and like you know just an hour or two flight or whatever but you know being a father and then my job um doesn't allow my job allows for kind of limited vacation time during the uh the like peak the, season the, the golfing season because yeah, it's yeah. tournament season. So um, I have to work a lot of weekends, which, e which eats into fishing time a lot. Um, you know, there's, I've worked two 18 day straight stints this oh year, gosh. which sucks. I mean, I still get out during that. I'll still get out once or twice, um, you know, like after work and whatnot, but uh, it just sucks. Cause getting up at four fifteen every day for that long and, and going, it, it, it sucks. I mean, I'll, I'll be up at five o'clock anyway, but having to get up and, and getting up just because you want to is two different things. Oh, dude, exactly. Yeah. Like I I've been lucky enough to, to have, uh, have, I mean, I, I moving down here, I got a super sick gig. I'm, I'm the apartment maintenance guy at my apartment complex. And it's eight to eight to five uh, on weekends. Every other weekend, I'm on call, so that kind of limits my stuff. But really, when I get home from when I get home from uh, from a day at work, like I can I can go fish for two hours and then come record a podcast. But 
lately, like like I was touching on earlier, dude. Lately, it's just been podcast, podcast, podcast. Which you've been having fun. a lot of people on. Like, I yeah, I've been. That's why I was trying to get on in with you now because it seems like you're gonna get you're gonna blow up soon. <laughs> it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna be able to get my little voice in there. <laughs> right, dude. It's not it's kidding. it's. I don't know. I I talk about it. I post about it on Facebook and Instagram, and I think. People, people just think I'm trying to be like sneer, not sneer, uh, like super nice about it. But it's fucking crazy. Like this, this week alone, it's already Wednesday, and I already have all of next week's episodes recorded. Two episodes already recorded. Dude, you are killing like, it, man. You are. Dude, I staying ahead of the game, got, man. It's got to be hard keeping secrets so too. Nice. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'll post on my story, like. Like, like I posted you on my story, like, oh, I have two, five, three casting on tonight uh-huh. and, and I'll have, I'll have guys message me like, oh, I thought you had this guy on last week. I said, okay, I did, but I have That's two other guys coming, ahead of them. That I, yeah. <laughs> like, and I, and I really screw myself cause not necessarily screw myself, but I'm always like, oh, episode 32. And I'm like, fuck now I have to wait. The, I have, I screw myself <laughs> in chronological order with that stuff all the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe if something like that, I don't know, maybe stop naming exactly the number of episodes. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, right. If that's the thing, but I don't know. I think what you're doing is really cool, and I think uh, just keep doing it for you, and like just make sure if it starts becoming too much for you, and you start feeling like it's it's a lot of work, just like take a step back and you know don't oh, overdo sure. yourself, man. Because for sure, this is really cool, and I know that the people like me who appreciate it want this thing to go on and grow and become more. So we don't want we don't want you getting burnt <laughs> out, man. Yeah. No, it's like, dude, I don't even know. It's been about probably going on seven months here real soon in the next couple of days that I've been doing this. And between the growth and I literally, I have, it's ridiculous how much downtime I have at work. Like when shit's not going on, like for apartments and tenants and stuff. And yeah. dude, I just sit there and I'm like, what can I do? Like it eat me up is the wrong word, but it's literally just a hamster hamster wheel in my head like yeah what can i do who can i talk to what can i talk about what do people want to hear what do people want to buy what do people want to see and it's just it's fucking awesome i love it i feel like at this point the floodgates open and i think uh you probably can just sit back and let people come to you at this point and i mean yeah probably have to reach out to some of the bigger names and stuff if you want them but uh maybe not even dude i mean just keep doing what you're doing because a lot of people are noticing and uh yeah, like I said, I think it's going to get big, dude. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. This is it's it's crazy to say because I love fishing so much, especially swim bait fishing. I love it so much. But I get the same amount of enjoyment is is talking to guys exactly like you how how we've had this almost 3-hour conversation. 100%, dude. It's like it's the same exact thing. I don't have to worry about getting on the podcast and getting skunked and not necessarily wasting 3 hours, but but putting 3 hours of my of my 18 hour day that I'm up and not have, have a result. Like I can come on a podcast, I can record for three hours and boom, I know I have an episode no matter what happens. Yeah. Fuck. I, I feel kind of bad. Cause I was, I was buzzing a little hard at the beginning of the episode and I kept drawing blank. So I sound kind of freaking ridiculous, but hopefully people <laughs> stick around dude. long enough and get to where I kind of got into groove and kind of started speaking what was on my mind a little bit more clearly, but yeah i mean once again dude i mean i just want to say thank you for thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk fishing with you and like i appreciate yeah i just appreciate the opportunity man 
Yeah, dude, for sure. Like I said, there it's it's crazy how many people listen to this and and enjoy it. Like you wouldn't think that people are gonna listen to this two and a half, two and forty, two hour, forty five minute show. But like Brian, I don't know if you saw Brian's post on Facebook. If you have Facebook, but there was there no, was a younger guy. Okay, there was a younger guy who reached out to Brian about being on the podcast. The kid never never followed me or anything until after after he sent Brian this message. He's like, "Hey man, I listen to this show. I'm a 16 year old that fishes X Y Z. This is what I do. I fish Huddlestons. I haven't been seeing the results. You have like any tips?" And Brian's like, "Dude, this is crazy. This kid has never followed me before." And I was like, he's never followed me. Like, it's it's just so weird to see this grow so yeah. organically. It's uh, honestly, in that kind of thing right there, I've seen a lot of. And a lot of those people aren't going to be people that are going to really stick to it. So a lot of times I give <laughs> generic answers to that kind of thing. But, um, I mean, it's cool to see the younger guys getting into it. I will say that. Like, I, every time I see somebody who is around that age, I'm always, like, a little bit more inclined to try to be, like, a little bit more open with them and, like, especially because i don't know if it's i don't know if it's like this around you but like i don't know the younger generation around here and just i don't know a lot of people in general it's just like are just there's there's a lot of nefarious things going on and and just bad attitudes (laughs) and stuff so i'm trying to get people more into fishing trying to get people more into community building and especially with the swim bait community dude like um uh kind of why we started this this community swim bait wall i don't know if you've seen me share any when i share the pictures of the people here from uh from washington which i've been doing a lot this year as i said i've probably shared more pictures well i absolutely have shared more other pictures than i posted of my own but i always used to tag swim bait wall and that's because we're trying to kind of build up the hype for that before we fully unveil we've got like an instagram page and a facebook page but we're making we're kind of trying to make like a community out of it where people can get educated on tips and not just tips on how to catch more fish, but like etiquette, you know, we're going to be really huge on etiquette on, you know, not only like when you see other people out on the water, but for example, like when you're fishing these smaller acreage lakes around here, don't post a freaking picture with the most <laughs> obvious thing in the background, you know, right, like, yeah. like try to pull up against something or try to, you know, blur your background or something if you want, but like, you know, don't don't make the bite worse for everybody else just because you want to have you know your your couple minutes of fame with your 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 five your first five pounder or whatever which that's cool and i i love seeing that but like people don't understand how many people are going to see that that don't comment and no don't like that and then they just go straight to that spot thinking they're going to catch that same fish i've watched it happen yeah it's dude i don't know there's so much crazy shit that we talk about on the show like as far as uh, guys who, like you said, who don't know etiquette, um, who who are super, you're not in you're not in Facebook, so you might not necessarily see it. But like swim bait beef and shit, like there's so many swim bait guys who who pick fights or who just don't give a shit oh, about God. their fellow guys. Is that dude, a thing on Facebook? Crazy. Is there a group about it? Oh my gosh! Oh my it's, God! I gotta, I gotta, it's so I... weird. I gotta make a I gotta make a fake one to go in there and see because I'll bet you I'm in there somewhere. <laughs> Dude, it's so weird to to talk to somebody who doesn't know what b- bring it to beef the page knows about. Dude, every every Tuesday Dude, it's religious. Every I'm Tuesday absolutely is Tuesday. ignorant of it, bro. Like I haven't been on Facebook since like 2014 or 15. Like, <laughs> and I'm glad because I missed the whole election bullshit and how nasty people were being oh, to each yeah. other with all that yep. shit. But. 
I'm missing out on these swim bait groups. I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's fun Maybe when you're not. on the outside. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you're you're missing out on the good stuff, but the drama it's just as funny as the good stuff. Yeah, I I love seeing people fucking go well, back. The and thing forth. is, is so many of those people do like you meet them in person. They're not that way. Like oh, one hundred percent. Like yeah, I've met very few people who. I've met people who are dicks online and met them and they've been really cool people. And I don't know if that's just because they're afraid to be genuine in real life or what, or if that's, I don't know, but I know a lot of people are keyboard warriors and a lot of people are, you know, they just want to join the peanut gallery, especially guys that are <laughs> jealous because they can't fish as much or they can't yeah, catch yeah. fish as good, you know, like that, that shit's always going to be there. And the, the more exposure you get, the more you got to tune that shit out. And that's probably something that, might eventually ring true to you like i'm sure eventually you'll get some negative criticism and just yeah you just gotta tune that out and just this is all the positive <laughs> shit because everybody yeah everybody everybody i've talked to that listens to it or everybody i've encouraged to listen to it has had nothing but good things to say about it so yeah there's there's a there's a couple guys out there who, who who've spread some stuff that's that's not very true at all but I don't, I don't need to go into that because it doesn't pertain to anything other than myself so <laughs> no i mean the thing is is i mean you know what's you know what's real and your listeners know it's real and no 100 anything outside man. of that is just noise dude and you can't pay attention to noise if you pay if you spend too much time this this pertains this heavily pertains to me and my fishing life too like if you if you pay attention to what everybody else is doing you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna be going you're not gonna be as efficient or as as good as you could be you just need to think about yourself and think about what you're doing and don't use other people or other um don't use other people as a barometer for your own success you know what i'm saying like, oh yeah for sure um, yeah i don't I, I know what I'm doing. Nobody else knows what I have planned or what I have cooking up in the pot. And yeah, no, I, I'm doing it for myself. No, I, I meant that just kind of generally, but like, oh, yeah, yeah I mean, no, uh, sure. like you, yeah, I'm excited to see what you got going the next few months. I really wish I could make it to that gathering thing, but it's, there's no fucking way it's on the other side of the country from me. <laughs> maybe one of these years when I strike the lottery and I can just fly my jet plane <laughs> over there. And... Yeah, man, if, is there anything else you want to touch on before we kind of close it down? I know it's almost two minutes to nine out there. I don't want to keep you up too early. You got to get up here. Yeah. I got to get to bed here pretty soon, I guess. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, man, like I said, just once again, I'm just really appreciative that, uh, you had me on here and I'm, I'm really appreciated appreciative to anybody that actually listened to this whole thing and listened to me blab my fat mouth. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Thank you again, man. Yeah, dude. Of course. What What are your Instagram and uh, and YouTube? I'll leave it in the oh. in the description. But just shout it out for me too. Uh, pretty much anywhere on the internet, any platform you can find me under two five three caster, and then um, except Facebook. Uh, but <laughs> and then YouTube, you can find me at youtube.com slash Brent Davis Fishing. And uh, you could even if you just go to the search bar on YouTube, if you search in two five three caster my videos will pop up somewhere on there. So I'm, I'm pretty easy to find if anybody cares to go look for some stuff, but yeah. Perfect, man. Like I said, I'll, 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 I'll leave that in the description for anybody who wants to go check it out. They can do that super easy for them. Uh, 
like I would I would thank Brent for coming on. Like I said, we we've been hashing this out for two or three weeks now. Not not anything crazy long. I'm glad we finally got to meet up and fucking blab for the last three hours. But uh, I want to thank yeah, Brent for fun. coming on. Like yeah, dude, it was a lot of fun. Um, if you guys don't already, make sure you guys follow him two five three caster on Instagram. Uh, Brent Davis on YouTube. Like I said, obviously. It'll be linked in the description. Um, if you guys don't already, which I'm sure everybody does, make sure you guys follow the podcast Instagram, Scales and Tails underscore podcast. Like always, make sure you guys give it a five-star rating if on your listening platform if you guys don't already. Uh, super means a lot to me. Uh, it's awesome to see all the reviews on like Spotify and stuff and and just see see how many guys like take the time to rate it and, and enjoy the show. It means a lot to me. But like I said, it's it's always just a number. I have a lot of fun doing it. So it doesn't make doesn't doesn't lean me one way or another i enjoy doing this i get to talk to a lot of cool guys like brent i mean like 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 all 31 other guests i've had on here but uh like i said i want to thank brent for coming on tonight took some time out of his night to come blab with me um other than that i mean that's that's about it honestly i, I had i had six twisted t's if you guys weren't able to tell it might have might have started blabbing a little bit more or slowed my words <laughs> a little bit but yeah i uh, had three of these uh ipa these space dust and i had a little bit of uh a little bit of um green seasoning with it so oh shit oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah uh, but yeah thanks again man and yeah i really appreciate it yeah dude of course um like I said, if you guys don't fish, uh, don't follow Brent already. Like I said, everything will be linked in the description for you guys to do. So make sure you guys follow him. He's a super cool guy. A lot of cool content. You can uh, go see his pin post on Instagram with his 934 yonder he caught a couple of years ago. But like I said, I want to thanks, thank everybody for listening. And I hope you guys have a great night. Thanks, guys.